Today's podcast is sponsored by Jack Frost Big Boulder Ski Areas, where the snow comes first. 93.3 WMMR Audio On Demand presents the Preston and Steve Show podcast. I saw a list which I thought was kind of interesting. Um, you know, movies, uh, the window into what could be instead of what actually is. And you you understand that and you give movies some license. Absolutely. Some creative license yeah. to stretch the truth and exaggerate. But I saw this list. It's from Listverse. And it covers some things that are done so often in movies that we kind of accept them as reality when they aren't really reality. I, I love this stuff. Yeah. I mean, sometimes to make things more interesting on film, you got to jazz it. Otherwise, if you were to see it the way it really is, it'd be boring. Yeah. You know? So I, I, we get it. But it is also funny with what they take liberty with. And, and sometimes you start to think that that's the way <laughs> that really happens yeah. in real life. So this is uh, 10 myths that we believe because of movies. And like I said, I got it from Listverse. So let me let me go through a few of these. One of them is number 10. It says that's not how chloroform works. Does it work at all? Well, it does, but not not like they show okay. you. So in, in the movies, somebody puts on a rag, Boom, they hold out. it over somebody's face, yeah. and within about five or six seconds, they're out cold. Uh, so it's portrayed as the ultimate weapon to instantly knock somebody out in almost every movie in which it's featured. No matter how scientifically accurate the rest of the movie is, writers often fail to research this misunderstood chemical. In reality, chloroform doesn't work like that. Well, it's true that it is incredibly good at knocking someone out, even in small doses, it doesn't do it instantly, even at higher doses. Chloroform takes at least five minutes to be effective. Oh, wow. So you'd have to hold it there for five minutes? Yeah, and they have to breathe it in regularly So, and they for it to say a lot of times, Preston, during that process, that people will go apply for a job at Walmart. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. during that process, yeah, yeah, yeah. yes. Uh, it says a couple of drops of it on a handkerchief like they do in the movies is certainly not a high dose. It's also not usually used for criminal activities. Chloroform has mainly worthwhile properties like being an anesthetic, which has been used throughout the years. Right. There's a scene in the movie uh, The Cider House Rules. It's part of it uh, where Michael Caine's character self-doses on that stuff. It's oh, kind of yeah. his. Remember, he would, yeah. he would go That wasn't sit ether? Uh, oh, I'm sorry. That was ether. You're right, it Casey. It wasn't yeah. chloroform. So how yeah. much more powerful is ether? I assume I ether's know. much. It, e- That's e- a good question. Because why either they, they, would either? Put, they would put people under for surgery, you yeah. know? Do you think, is there something that is that is immediate on the order of what we see depicted in the movies? Where like, Because you'd have to imagine, then how would you, the whole packing and containing of that stuff would be... <laughs> That's what you, I kept thinking about. How would you do it? So yeah. the guy who's got the handkerchief in front of him... <laughs> right, how's he not how passing out? How's he not out cold <laughs> right. just having it in the car with him or wherever, you right. know? What is it, like uh, sodium pentothal or something like that? Truth here. Yeah, uh, oh, that's not what that is. Uh... Uh, well, sodium does, pentothal is sort of like in, in True Lies, he gets he gets right. uh, sodium pentothal. What does Dexter use in in the syringe when he would uh, incapacitate all of his victims in that show? To 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 yes, to sort of shut off the the um, nervous system there. Well, he would it, it would knock them out. He yeah. would oh. you know. But again, you know, this is it's TV. It yeah. Toothpaste. It was toothpaste. toothpaste. Yeah. Damn it! Ah. Yep, a lot of people don't realize. I always pass out when I use my quip. How that uh, happens? Orphan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, etorphine, e- it says here, uh, Casey, on okay. this little page of information that we have before us. Uh, <laughs> the sedative works instantly, rendering the person immobile and unconscious within a couple of seconds. And lasting for several hours, he administers 
the etorphine via a hypodermic needle, typically to the neck. So he's injecting things. it right into the bloodstream. I would guess you right. probably have to, right? So, I doubt there's anything you can put in a muscle tissue that would knock you out. No, yeah. So, so the chloroform, it, the basic deal is simply by inhaling it for just. And you see in the movies, it's constantly depicted as three seconds, four seconds, yeah. you're out cold. Yep, exactly. So no isn't dice that on like that. A, isn't that how uh, um, a Buffalo Bill? Doesn't he hold the yep. chloroform rag over his victim? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so here's one. Uh, oh, wait, no. Buffalo Bill, he, well, he beats up the one girl. He punches her repeatedly. And, and no, but The it, girl in the van. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah he, he, beats, he starts. Yeah. He, beats, okay. he beats the hell out of her. And that's chloroform, too. Right? Yeah. Because yeah. uh, he had a rag in his hand. Yeah. <laughs> and there, there's chloroform in the rag. But in the movie The Red Dragon, right. uh, the, the guy grabs uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman outside of the van and puts the chloroform right. over his mouth and knocks him out immediately. All right, so here, this one directly references uh, Jurassic Park. Uh, Amber can't hold DNA for that long. No? No. Not for millions of years? No, apparently it can't do okay. it. <laughs> there is something that, like glacial ice, they say, you know, obviously stuff like that. Permafrost? Or yeah, whatever. permafrost. Yeah, uh, but for like thousands of years, not yes. for millions. That's a, The problem is like the protein, I think, decomposes. It says, we think the DNA can survive over a millennia if it's preserved in amber or any other type of rock and can be used to revive prehistoric animals if needed. While DNA can survive a certain in certain mediums, it certainly can't stay long enough for us to still have dinosaur DNA. So sure, we can probably hope to obtain, say, mammoth DNA trapped in Siberian ice, but that's only because the mammoth existed a lot more recently yeah. than dinosaurs, like Nick was saying. Uh, it's so widely believed that a team of researchers had to conduct a study to debunk it, actually. Uh, but thanks to... But they were killed and eaten by a Tyrannosaurus Rex. Uh, thanks to Jurassic Park, uh, the myth... Uh, refuses to die out. Sure, it wasn't a Velociraptor? Velociraptor. Yeah, that's my favorite dinosaur. <laughs> uh, all right, here's another one, another movie myth, apparently, and take this for what it is. Cops don't have to read you. Velociraptor. <laughs> don't have to read your rights while handcuffing you. When Do they have to at all? We always understood that you, you have to be read your Miranda rights. Uh, whenever an arrest is made on TV shows or movies, at least the one based in the U.S., uh, the ones based in the U.S., the cops always make it a point to read your Miranda warning. You have the right to remain silent, so on. Uh, for the people who've never been arrested in real life, this may seem like the way they do it, but that's not the case. Although it's true that police do have to read your rights at some point after you're arrested. It's almost never done at the time they handcuff you. Okay. You know, they do it right oh. there on the street. Can you? Um, how much of the uh, Miranda rights do you think you can? Uh, uh, they can, they either read you your Miranda rights or Miranda's dialogue from <laughs> Sex and the City. Okay. <laughs> they usually do that when they're cuffing you. Yes, uh, yeah. I've, I've heard it recited. A I'm wearing Jimmy Choo's. A few different ways. Okay. So you have the right to remain silent. Anything you say can and will be used against you in a court of law. You have the right to an attorney. If you can't afford an attorney, one will be appointed to you by the court. Yeah. Keep going. Those are the only mm. parts. Okay. That I remember. And then the final thing is butthole. <laughs> and then he says, apparently. <laughs> But wait, clears his throat first. And <clears throat> um, is there more to it? Um, One would be provided to you. Do you understand the rights I have just read you? With these rights in mind, do you wish to speak to me? Okay. You are now Jewish. Uh, <laughs> here's, here's what it says specifically. Uh, yeah, you have the right to remain silent. Anything you can say can and will be used against you in a court of law. You have the right to an attorney. If you cannot afford an attorney, won't be provided for you. That's Basically, what that's it. You got Good it. Good job, man. All right. So uh, it says, uh, although it is true they do have to read your rights, they don't do it right when they handcuff you. Your Miranda rights are usually read to you after they've taken you into custody and are preparing 
for the interrogation ah. or at some other point during the arrest. So during the so initially, right at the point of handcuffing you, that your Miranda rights do not have to be read to you. Correct. That's what they're saying in this. So they get you back. Do, they're going to fingerprint you, get you through that process. Then the Miranda rights can be read to you. Right. So, uh, yeah, I, I think it's just, it's a shortcut that movies take, you know. Yeah. Don't they this, also have to show you the exits? Uh, the oh, no, that's no. a stewardess. Uh, but so, I wonder if some do. Like, I wonder if it's up to the arresting officer to either no, no, do no. it at the time you're handcuffed or do it it's, bef- it's literally every episode of Law & Order. They, yes. Yeah, when they, they arrest the, the perp yeah. the first time, the guy that probably didn't do it, that All you right. find out later in the episode. So at <laughs> what point uh, during the process of being arrested do, you, do they have to read you the rights by? When you're in the electric chair. Okay. <laughs> I assume when they're going to start to question you uh, at, for your statement. Okay. Other, yeah, because they, that's, you have to be apprised <clears throat> of your rights before you yeah, start answering questions. Because I would try and distract them so much to forget, Look over there. To, to, forget mm-hmm. to do that. So that would be my one. Hey, they never read me my rights. Mm. It's kind of like when you go to a Dairy Queen. I just pray that they don't flip open the uh, flip over the uh, blizzard so I can get it for free. They do it every time though. What's that? What was what? that? A, a Dairy Queen. If you get a blizzard, they have to go like this. So when yeah. a police officer arrests you, has to give you a blizzard. Uh, that's not what I said. <laughs> oh, follow me. Wait, here, what are you okay. talking about? They have to do your turn. They turn the hand. cup upside down to show you how thick it is. It won't oh, yeah. and if, out. if they, don't they, they do used that. to do that at a place, uh, this custard famous custard place in St. Louis called Concretes. It would they would turn it upside down to show you how thick that it and is. And if it came oh. out, you got it for free. Well, they no. make you another one. Oh. They make yeah. you another one. Yeah. But at Dairy Queen, if they don't flip it over to show you how thick it is, you get it for free. How does this tie into your Miranda rights? Uh, I don't know. He hopes that they forget, like Dairy Queen. Yeah. He hopes that police officers go to Dairy Queen. Kathy, thank you for following (laughs) along. You're welcome. You're the best. You've been so nice to me lately. It's weird. (laughs) I did read. So that's why Charles Manson was finally convicted? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, They got him on circumstantial Dairy Queen. They didn't flip it over. (laughs) We didn't flip your blizzard. Sorry. (laughs) You didn't stay in the cup. I did read this. I did read this story one time about the Miranda rights, and and it's named after a guy. His last name was Miranda. Yeah, Carmen. and uh, Miranda Carmen. <laughs> yeah, it's fruit basket on it. Why are you wearing fruit in your hair? <laughs> Carmen, Carmen Miranda writes. Um, you have the right to one additional pineapple. Yeah, just one. Yeah, <laughs> that's a little heavy on your head. Uh, but no, it's an interesting story about how the guy was wrongfully uh, convicted, uh, be- uh, from what I understand, uh, and I'd have to go back and read no, it. And then but that was... that, that's the reason why they, it, it got its name. And they're fairly that's fairly recent when it came, I mean, within the past yeah, couple of decades. The 60s. The 60s. 66, yeah. yeah. It went to the U.S. Supreme Court, and um, they ruled in favor of Miranda 5-4, so it was a tight decision. There you go. All right. Um, okay, what else do I have here for you? All right, this says, according to this list, it's from list first, no gunshot can knock you off your feet. Uh, it says, we probably let this one slide a bit as it does look quite dramatic and awesome on screen. However, it propagates a faulty idea of how guns are supposed to work, which is never a good thing. Gunshots in movies are often enough to knock someone back, like like have enough force to push you. Right. Uh, which sounds intuitive as bullets have a large amount of momentum. In reality, if a gun were able to do that, it would exert an equal amount of force on the shooter. Uh, that's true for all guns, regardless of their type and caliber. It just—it's just as fundamental rule—a a fundamental rule of physics. If movies were to accurately portray that, 
uh, they would end up with unintentionally hilarious scenes of shooters getting knocked back along with their victims. So you like it with a shotgun? You'll get you'll get a you know any sort yeah, of a, recoil. You'll get a recoil. Yeah. Um, so they're saying for that you would have that would amplify the pressure back on the shooter. I guess, and, and uh, I, th- and I bo- think it only refers to the ones where they they get shot and they like fly. Right, you know, right, right. right. Like they fully spin around and pull yeah. back. Yeah. As opposed to getting shot and dropping, which would happen certainly if your body takes a shock like that. Yeah. And also a lot of times the bullet's going through you. It's yeah. not yeah. It's tearing it flesh. It's not. It doesn't hit bone yeah, and, yeah. And, and push you or something like that. But, I mean, I have there are hilarious videos of people that don't know how to handle the recoil of a, of a rifle. Oh, I yeah. saw one the oh other day. God. Uh, a young woman, I, my heart goes out to her, but she has no idea. <laughs> and she just gets thrown. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. Um, what about a higher caliber bullet? Yeah, I don't know. It would tear. It, their point is, it would. Now, if you get shot and the pain makes you wheel around, that's yeah. that's possibly the case. I can see what they're saying. Right. It's not because a lot of times you'll see people launch into the air mm-hmm. when right. they're shot with like a shotgun. Yeah. Um, and they're saying that's not the case. That's what this list says. So I don't know. All right, here's another one that says you don't always get one phone call on arrest. Uh, you know how it's always like, give me oh, my phone right. call. Oh, right. I want my phone call. Yeah. yeah. Um, in reality, there's no rule about how many phone calls that you can make while in police custody. You may not be able to call anyone if the crime you've committed is serious enough. Oh. And the interrogators believe that calling someone may jeopardize their investigation. Hmm. Conversely, you can also get more than one call depending on the severity and location of the crime and arrest. No matter how many calls you get, though, it's almost never just one phone call. Wow, okay. I uh, wonder how hard that is these days if you do get a phone call because nobody answers the phone anymore, especially yeah, when it's from a number. From you a number you don't know. You don't yeah. know. Have, yeah. you ever, have you guys ever gotten a phone call? No. No, have you? have been arrested? No. No, like that somebody's somebody, been arrested. Yeah. You? I, yeah, You're I did. You're smiling, I can I see. I did, I did, and I, I was, it was a, an ex-boyfriend, and I think we were, were we, yeah, we were in college. We had to have been, and I just remember being like, don't call me. Like, I was like, you can sit there. What did he say? <laughs> uh, he was, I could tell. The blizzard fell out of the car. <laughs> <laughs> I could tell on the other line. He was like, oh, hello. Because, you know, it goes through the whole thing. Uh, like, you're receiving a phone call from blah, 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 correctional facility. If you don't want to receive this phone call, hit this. If you do, you know, it was like a whole thing. Wow. And so it just went, went you know, it was like a couple Dude. minutes. And then he's on the other line. He's like, hello. He would have been better <laughs> off calling his mom. He was probably Seriously? scared to call his mom. <laughs> And he called Mom Part Two and you. Oh, I was so furious. Was there a DUI or something? No, or? It, was, it was a fight. Oh, okay, okay uh, yeah. Wow. What a wonderful supporting girlfriend. <laughs> oh, it, it was an the ex, worst right? Ever. I don't even know why he wanted to be with me. I was, so <laughs> what were you, were you currently? It was current boyfriend? Uh, at, the was, at the time? Yeah. Oh, oh, oh yeah, I didn't yeah, know yeah. that. Okay. Yeah. What if he was defending your honor? Uh, no, he wasn't. He That's was just right. fighting with his stupid <laughs> brothers. Did you know your slutty friend that the story that you told? Oh, yeah, that you never told us. No, that's a whole different part of my oh, life. All right. Yeah, I'll send my friend over. <laughs> hey, so here's another one. Uh, movie myths. Uh, dual wielding guns or any weapons are impractical. Uh, so sometimes you see guys, two guns firing mm-hmm. away like yep, that. Yep. Uh, See, that's John Woo movies a lot. As it turns out, dual wielding anything, let alone guns, is hugely impractical and actually reduces your overall chances of landing a hit. Uh, If you ever find yourself in a situation where you have two guns lying around and a diabolical villain to defeat, you're better off just picking one weapon. The effective number of bullets and accuracy is much higher with one gun. And this gives you more of a chance to kill the bad guy before he murders you. You have extra, yeah, yeah, yeah it's true. If you're going to be a good guy. Now, this one I love. Or this a rock one, guy. 
This one I always bought into. It says you can't pull a grenade pin with your teeth. <laughs> all right. All right. So anytime. You see it all the time, guy, oh, especially in war movies. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. As grenades are full of shrapnel, <coughs> excuse me, shrapnel that can incapacitate or even kill, if close enough, the targets, uh, their pins are specifically designed to not come off easily. And it also depends on the grenade type. While some types of grenade uh, pins are spread out wide, others require quite a bit of twisting and turning to get them out. Okay, so um, in the classic military grenade that you would, you know, from World War II, I assume they the have pineapple. Muck, the pineapple, yeah. yeah. Um, I assume that required a little bit of force, and then and then you also have the handle on the grenade, which you release when you throw. Correct. That's like the safety right, part. Yeah. Of it. Okay. I also don't know if you can put it back in. I don't know if you can put the pin back in or not. Um. Okay. <laughs> I've seen. I don't know if this is the case that you can unscrew there on on a grenade on specific the one that is completely round with the nub on the top mm-hmm. that it can be unscrewed. Uh, quickly. All right. Got me. I mean, uh, movie, but mo- I saw that in a movie. So I, you know, it's believability uh, has been reduced now. I'm probably not the only one in this room that would love to throw a grenade, right? Absolutely. Okay. Totally. But if you only could, you had to choose one of two things. Oh, man. You could only throw a grenade or, or go to Dairy Queens. Or, <laughs> or go to Dairy Queens. <laughs> no. <laughs> if you could only throw a grenade or shoot a bazooka. Oh. What would you do? Oh, bazooka. bazooka. Bazooka, right? Oh, okay. Yeah. And I would fire it into a grenade factory. <laughs> number one, it's way more powerful than a grenade. And yeah. number two, it goes from here to there. Yeah. And, you know, it would have some force to it. So, yeah, a bazooka would absolutely. <laughs> but a grenade would be pretty cool. It would be awesome. Um, so, yeah, it says here that while sometimes grenade uh, pins are spent, like I said, you have to twist and turn some of them. In almost all cases, pulling the pins with your teeth would end up with you not having teeth anymore. It'd be very hard. I do that grenade, you. Here's one that says, uh, so these are movie myths or things that are that are exaggerated greatly yes. in movies regularly. So and these much, are all standards, the ones that you're reading. Yeah, so much so that we believe that's the way it is. Quicksand is not an automatic death sentence. In fact, quicksand is such a rare occurrence uh, like, where is it even? You know what? So I looked it up one time on, on YouTube. Some coastal areas, and yeah. I remember in the U.K., maybe it might have been even Ireland or, or Scotland, where when the tide would go out in these certain areas, the ground just becomes really mucky, and that's all there is to it. And you can essentially you can get in there and just you're, you're not going to sink down to your neck or anything like that, but you can get stuck to where... People have to come and pull you out. Oh, wow. Because your legs. And this year, hundreds of Irish children will die in quicksand. (laughs) Something has to be done. There's a benefit. I did not know that. Hands across quicksand. (laughs) We tried it last year, and needless to say, we lost a lot of people. (laughs) Should have been hands around the area that has the quicksand. (laughs) Ill-conceived, we're going to try it again. Hands across quicksand. That's not a good idea at all. We lost the people who were actually in the quicksand. <laughs> meant well. We thought the other people would be strong enough to keep them. That was just bad. It was poorly planned. <laughs> I, wow. That's, I didn't know it was that big of a problem. They needed to have that, like a benefit or something along those lines. So quicksand is, it, they're, um, 
There are places, I remember when we, uh, my wife and I took this trip in Alaska, we were passing through an area where there was a big tidal difference between high tide and low tide. Yeah. And when the tide, like the Bay of Fundy, you know, that famous uh, uh, situation where the bay almost completely empties out. The the ground is so wet and it's just this mud. And so what happens is a lot of times people go out and as they walk into it, as they try to lift their feet out of it, the suction yeah. holds them in. Yes. So the, and as they work, they go deeper into exactly. it. Exactly. And there, there's a way to get out of right. it. But but your your natural reaction to pull Pulls makes you it in. worse. Yeah. Yeah. You're, I guess supposed to lay flatter and, I think and that's disperse the case. your, your yeah. weight uh, differently. Uh, Mulaney, I know that you uh, you have watched this special. He's got a really really funny bit. John about, Mulaney about uh, quicksand. Have you seen it? I don't remember the quicksand bit. Uh, he just talks about how he thought you know as a child that uh, quicksand was going to be uh, play into his life a lot uh, differently. Uh, you know, as you grow, he just thought it was like more <laughs> prevalent, more prevalent, and <laughs> right. you know, it's very very rare. Yeah, I read that there's some there's like a, a patch of it in uh, French Creek State Park, but I've oh. never seen it. So. Oh. Uh, I don't know where it is in the park, and I don't know if that's just a, uh, an urban legend or not. Uh, a few military uh, vets and members have been texting in about the uh, the grenades. Yes. And this makes sense. So the handle that you were talking about yeah, yeah, is yeah. called the spoon. Okay. And it actually, the chemical reaction doesn't start until that is moved itself. It says you can put the, this guy says you can put the pin back in the grenade, but it's extremely highly recommended not to. If the spoon moves more than the thickness of a nickel, uh, the grenade's firing sequence has been activated, and then you can't stop it at that point. Okay, so, uh, and at the point you throw it, what is the usual... uh, That's a good question. I'd always heard, like, five seconds. Yeah, yeah. But I I, I don't know. I have no idea. Uh, So, anyhow, back to quicksand. Uh, It says, accidentally falling quicksand without any help around is considered a sure way to die. If uh, movies are to be believed, this is one of the uh, one of those myths that can uh, cause problems in real life. As people stuck in quicksand often panic and end up making things worse for themselves uh, than they would if they knew how quicksand works. In essence, quicksand is just mud mixed with water and clay. In some cases, it can get a bit gooey and spoil your clothes if you fall in. That's mostly the only risk it poses, though, as most types of quicksand allow you to float free. Once you're about waist deep in it, you don't have to believe us either, as it was proven in a study published in Nature. So, like the La Brea tar pits were, that was a different element. So, these were, this was like liquid tar. Yeah. That, that, and they, the, the dinosaurs. I wonder were. how thick that stuff is. I wonder, uh, I've, I've never been there. It's right there it's in L.A. Cool. Yeah. It's the most bizarre thing that you're based. You're in yeah, the freaking city, right? yeah. Yeah, and it's downtown. right there. They have a um, uh, sort of a, a hands-on um, experiment that you can pull your leg out, what it would feel like to pull yeah, your yeah. leg out of tar, and it's Im- incredibly difficult. But it's a cool museum. All right. And then one last thing. It has to do with sharks' sense of smell. Uh, it has been massively exaggerated in films. According to this list, uh, we always heard like just two drops of blood in, a, in the water can be smelled from like a mile away. Right, exactly. Yeah, shark can smell a drop of blood from miles away is what they uh, they state in this list. It says we're not saying that sharks have a bad sense of smell; it's actually quite keen, but it's just not as good as we thought it was. All the studies conducted on the subject suggest that sharks can, at most, smell a drop of blood across an Olympic-sized swimming pool. Uh, that's still a lot, man. That's pretty yeah, that amazing. Is, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. It says it also depends on what they're smelling as their range drops off considerably if it is denser liquid. 
Uh, nevertheless, it's safe to say that sharks cannot. <laughs> I smell bad. Uh, never Stop farting in the water, Chiefy. Nevertheless, it's safe to say that sharks cannot smell anything across miles of ocean. Well, I never thought miles of ocean. No, I, okay. I, I've I've heard you know I, I their ability to sense um, the electric impulses released when like a fish is panicking or. Yeah. Um, that that they can they can sense. Uh, it, it, you know they they keep discovering new things. There's yeah. uh, about their eyesight and and what they you know and, and it, just the way recently they've learned the way that like a great white shark attacks. You know from propelling from below and like landing a seal from underneath. All this stuff. That's why when you go to the aquarium, a lot of times you'll see seals swimming upside down. You know, yeah. it's the, their nature is to do that to. Look for predators that might be coming up oh, from below. Yeah. Okay. Uh, anyhow, thought it was kind of an interesting list. It is very yeah. interesting. Pass along some information from List Burst, the ridiculous miss that we believe because of movies. So if you're not careful, maybe you learn something. <laughs> That's right. All right. Going to be back with the Beat Files. Stay with us. Like what you hear? You can see it too. Check out Preston and Steve's Daily Rush at PrestonandSteve.com. Hi, I'm Steven Singer. Yep, that's me, the I Hate Steven Singer guy. People ask me all the time, what does this mean, I Hate Steven Singer? Well, maybe this is the reason. At my store, we don't play pricing games. We wouldn't treat our friends like that. We only have one price. One place, one price. Come to my store and feel the difference. You'll have fun buying a diamond for somebody you love. Steven Singer Jewelers. One place, one price. 888-I-HATE-STEVEN-SINGER. Online, IHateStevenSinger.com. And our flagship store at the other corner of 8th and Walnut in Philly. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Our next guest, one of the funniest people on television. I love her. It is called An Evening with Leslie Jones. Ladies and gentlemen, Leslie Jones. Hey, Leslie. Hey, how y'all doing? What's up? What's up, Billy? (laughs) We are doing great this morning. You Listen, I I knew you would come out of the gate just excited and and, uh, with an up personality like that. Are you ever not excited? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Many times. Man, this car would crash into a wall if I didn't park sometimes. <laughs> you know, yeah, Leslie, I, I first became aware of you, obviously, on, on SNL, and, and it seemed to me... Now, I, I want to get the chronology right. Were you writing for SNL first, and then you started to make appearances on Weekend Update, or was the plan always to have you... Uh, one of the cast members. Well, I came out and auditioned with uh, twelve other ladies, and they picked um, they picked they picked three of us. They picked me, Lakendra, and uh, Amber. Amber went and wrote for Seth, and they kept me and Lakendra as writers, and they made Sashir the the uh, cast member. Right. So I I was I wrote for like half the season. And, um, you know, he always, I, when we, he hired me, I told him, I was like, I'm not a writer. I don't know what you're doing. I don't know. I don't know what this is, you know, but, you know, I'm not a writer. I'm a performer. And he was like, yeah, I know that. He's like, but I don't know what exactly to do with you yet. So just come out and learn the system and, and we'll see how you fit into it. Because, I, you know, when I went into it, I was like a professional comedian. So I was. I was very wild, if that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah, and, and that sort of took off on, on on update because you came out. You'd, you'd be, you know, you'd you sort of um, really, 
you know, come out and 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 be very vivacious and have a lot of energy, and and right. and, and it seemed to catch on. And, and I was wondering if at that point they said, okay, we got to make you a regular cast member. So the plan was uh, never really to have you in the background, to always have you in the forefront. But it- I, I think I think that always they didn't really know exactly what capacity that they was going to have me at. Um, it's, it's always like that with me because they never, um, how can I explain it? People never expect to get what they get from me. And then then when they get it, it's like, uh, it's cause they, I think I was like, really not, I was telling them, I was like, Hey, I'm about to leave because I'm not a writer. Um, I'm not doing good at writing these sketches. They're not hitting the table. (laughs) No one's picking them. I was like, because I'm not a writer. And, uh, they called me in the office, Steve Higgins called me in the office and he was like, um, uh, we want you to do an update. And they liked two of my jokes. I had two jokes that they really liked. And they was like, we want you to do an update on the text scene. And I had a slave joke. And I was like, well, those are two different jokes. They're, they're two different jokes. So you got to pick one or the other. And I knew they wanted me to do the slave joke. They right. just didn't want to say it. Mm-hmm. So I was, like, <laughs> I was like, so you want me to do a slave joke? And they was like, yeah, we kind of want you to do that. So we rewrote it. What? Well, it's so crazy. It's a joke. It's a joke I've been doing seven years. So when we, when you write a joke as an update, you're writing with other people. So it's kind of hard sometimes because you're writing with other people who have a different voice than you. Yeah. So sometimes they'll throw their jokes in and it's not your update anymore. So when they wrote the update and we got to the table to read it, I just looked at Che and I was like, I don't want to do this. This is not funny. This is not my update. And Chase stopped the whole meeting, him and, and Brian Tucker, and they was like, we're going into this room, and we're going to write this joke word for word. And that's exactly how I did it on SNL. Well, I, I remember that. I remember that whole thing clearly. And, and it was it just it just it sort of blew up. And then you were off and running, and and uh, everyone wanted to see more of you. So do, 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 do you remember that as sort of a turning point for you? It was a turning point, but SNL still didn't make me a cast member until uh, I think, like I said, the people didn't expect what they expected from me. Yeah, so yeah. The, no, the I, update was yeah, the update was excellent. So they didn't offer me a cast member; they just offered me six more updates. So I was like, oh, okay, well, we're gonna play that game. Okay, okay, <laughs> okay. So I was like, I had to let them know that hey, just because. I'm working for you. That, that I'm I'm also a comedian, so that means I'm a hustler. I've been a comedian since '87. Right. So I'm a hustler. I'm a hustler too. So I was like, okay. So if I only if I'm only doing updates for y'all, then that means I can work other places. So HBO at the time wanted me. Uh, two broke girls wanted me. So I was going to do all of that. And and uh, <laughs> what happened was Lauren was Lauren just called me in his office like, no, nah, we just going to make your cast memory. You're not about to go win the Super Bowl somewhere else. That's that's very cool because I mean we, we there's there's no experience like it, and everyone's talked about it, and, and and we're all perpetually fascinated by SNL because if you talk about the legendary talent that's gone through it, but there's also it is the ultimate. It has to be in the comedic world the ultimate trial by fire. Correct. It's, it's the hardest thing that I've ever done in my life. Yeah. I don't think anything else will be ever harder than SNL. And are you currently working on, because the the next season doesn't start till September. I would love it if it started on your birthday and they made the whole, and you made the whole thing about your birthday. That would be amazing. Um, but um, are you currently like working on things that will air yeah. next season? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I'm working on my own stuff. Yeah, you know, and, and then the season starts. I think around like October or something like that. I, I you know, listen, I'm I'm 44 years old. Um, you know, 
Saturday Night Live started just the right before I was born. I've wanted to get there so badly just for for a taping of it, and it's an amazing know, thing. It, it, yeah, but it all it almost seems like it's impossible to get into. Are there any? Secrets or any ways to to buy your way in or anything like that? <laughs> that's so That's so funny. People always ask me that. It's um, well, if you know somebody there, you can get a ticket. I mean, it's it's that it's really about who you know. But if you just don't know nobody, they always have a ticket ticket lottery. Yeah. Um, a lot of people come out and wait on the day of the show to see if you can get picked. It's it it's. Because it's like, it, if you know somebody, you can get in there because there's two shows. Yeah. There's, mm-hmm. there's a dress and a, and, a, and a live. So we need two audiences. But, um, yeah, it's those. Yeah, it's, I didn't know how hard it was to get tickets. <laughs> until, until yeah. I was like, oh, we can't even get in there. <laughs> <laughs> well, Leslie, I'm, I'm really glad and, and thankful that you came on with us this morning because I know, I'm actually a little surprised I, that you're not uh, on your way to the parade for the uh, Women's Cup you know team. What? That's really funny i was supposed to be in the parade today you're a huge and, fan and, and i yeah. loved your support of the team uh, oh on, on social media I'm so sad i have mm-hmm. to miss it because i have to go for a screening um uh, angry birds you know angry birds coming out and yeah so, uh, i have to go screen that and then i have to go do another meeting and i'm like dang why did y'all just like oh i would have loved to have been there it's it's so funny because you you took off with your with your constant running commentary for the olympics that that was such a a side thing that really that really popped for you. Uh, I, did you did you get any long term offers from like ESPN or I mean because you, you yeah I mean because you, yeah. you you played college basketball correct? Yeah, yes, yes, I did. Yeah, uh, the twenty twenty Olympics is going to be off the chain. Yeah, because oh, cool. <laughs> you're so good at it. Trust, yeah, yeah. But you know that's so weird that people uh, love the weird. Sh- did I do? I'm, I'm sorry. That's okay. That's all right. We weird, weird did. Yeah. Crap. With the weird crap you do. <laughs> but the weird stuff that I do and um, the Olympics is always through my whole, like, as long as I've been alive has been one of the greatest events in my life. And I, when I came, I, I could not believe no one was excited about the Olympics when they came. I was looking at everyone and everybody's like, yeah. I'm like, are you crazy? <laughs> literally, I was like, oh, that's changing. Everybody that I know will be uh, in, into the Olympics. So, yeah. Well, uh, any plans to, I mean, I don't know your schedule is probably too oppressive, but I mean, what what is it? Is it Japan is the... Uh... It's in Tokyo, Tokyo this year. Yeah. yeah. Are you, uh, and any plans to get over there or do you even have oh, the yeah. option? Oh, yeah. It's going to be real fun. <laughs> <laughs> all right, real fun. Okay, all right. Leslie, another thing you you were fired up about was uh, Game of Thrones. Obviously, I was a fanatic about that, too. And I was just so funny. reading a story about yesterday. George R. R. Martin started to reveal a little bit about what's going to happen in, in the prequel show that's going to take place 5,000 years before the story we just saw. Um, you going to be on board for that as well? Man, I don't know, man. I mean, do we know if George is finished writing that? You know, what no, I'm saying? he's like, not. See, that's what I'm saying. I'm just trying to go into those theories that's uncertain, right? Like, you know, then, then you have to guess. I mean, if I, I, you know what, I would kind of be interested in that just to find out how you know the Mad King was. But to me, the, the show showed it. I mean, yeah. The way uh, the way um, uh, Danny went crazy at the end, I can imagine that's how the Mad King went crazy. Yeah, yeah. 
I, you know, I, I tied in with it. Yeah, I agree with you though about these things, and like you, you know, there's so much good stuff on, and I know that you're you you have like a, a binge mentality as well, and we yeah. you, something comes out, you just want it, you just want to eat it all up. Oh. But but if, if it, right now if, if a show comes on and it doesn't hook me within the first two episodes, right. I'm gone because there's too much out there that's calling for me, and I don't. Exactly. And the bitch is when you get into something and you're loving it, and then they stop producing it. Yeah, oh, my God, that's so weird. And you know what's so funny? The things that people ask me to commentate, they'd be like, oh, we need you to comment. There's a lot of things I don't commentate because you know the way the world is yeah. now. You can't say certain things. <laughs> yeah, we know. Subject is like, okay, I, I'm not going to, like, they want me to live tweet Outlander, but Outlander is, like, brutal, son. Like, I'm like, <laughs> yo, I don't <laughs> It's too brutal, like, and euphoria, too brutal, like, they're, they're so real. These are shows that I keep to write. Like, I don't live tweet uh, SVU unless Olivia does something totally incredible. Well, what would you hope they would ask you? What haven't they asked you to, to do commentary for yet that, you're, that you would hope that they would ask you to do commentary for? What, what, what's, what's your number one show right now? Oh, it's so, it's, I don't have a number one show. Yeah. It just depends on what, what, like, what part of the season it is. I got gotcha. you. I, I love, I love Handmaid's Tale, but, oh, that's another one that, <laughs> man, you know, you're just taking a risk. Yeah. You know? <laughs> no, it's heavy. <laughs> real risk by, by, you know, live tweeting that. But, like, I was watching Sabrina, the, the, the Teenage Witch. That's really good. That's a really oh good God, show. so good, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the uh, Umbrella uh, uh, Academy. Umbrella Academy. Love that. So good. So what about Stranger Things? I, now, that's (laughs) hilarious. I actually went in to live tweet Stranger Things, and I could not stand it. It was, uh, the first thing I said when I saw Stranger Things was, where are y'all parents? Immediately could not get into Stranger Things. Yeah, no, I, we, I, I love it, but I, I've heard that complaint before. Some, some people who weren't like fans of like the eighties, uh, the movies where the kids were always doing all the stuff, um, you know. But yeah, yeah but, I, but, but I hear you. So it, it, it's cool. I have to ask you because we played audio from a, a skit on SNL that just cracked us up, where you got into sort of a who was a bigger Weezer fan battle. Oh yeah, <laughs> hilarious. It was hilarious. Do you in fact like the music of Weezer or no? You okay? That's you know. Sometimes they ask me to do things that is the weirdest thing, and I'm gonna tell you, I have absolutely no f-ing idea. <laughs> no, 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 no. We, yo, no. Let me tell you, then this is real talk. When we were rehearsing that, me and Matt Dillon, we were the only one who knew nothing, absolutely nothing. Of Weezer's music. Wow. Everybody at that table, Cecily, Keenan, uh, Beck, Heidi, everybody knew all they saw. <laughs> the whole history. We, me and Damon was looking at each other like, how are we going to play this? <laughs> <laughs> and, and Damon was like, it's even better that we don't know. So that's why it was so funny. It's, uh, a, it's a hilarious bit. Awesome. Yeah, we, we, we loved it. So, But that, that also speaks to what you are saying earlier about not knowing what to expect from you. Because initially, when I was watching the update stuff, I'm like, I didn't know you had, that you <laughs> that you could effectively portray yourself as a Weezer fanatic. 
Yeah, man. Yeah. Now, they asked me to do some fun stuff on there. That that, that <laughs> you know, you you know, I'm 51 years old, so it, it's so crazy that I have a uh, library of stuff to pull from. <laughs> yeah, you know, I pulled. I mean, I don't know if you remember the sketch uh, with uh, James Franco spitting blood into my mouth. Yes, yes. Okay. That's Lucille Ball. I had to play Lucille Ball on that one because I was going to die. <laughs> James Franco is a he's a nut. He's yeah. a psycho. He's, he knew exactly what he was doing because I was getting sick as hell during the rehearsal. Yeah. And it's just. Oh. I love I love watching you board. I, I know that the the the, the long standing rumor is that Lauren Michaels does not like breaking up in skit, but uh, there's something about when you start to lose it that oh, cracks no. me up. Lauren loves that. Lauren. It does he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lauren, Lauren loves that we have fun, and I think I'm, and you are right. I think I brought a different type of spirit of it. Yeah. Back. Um, um, like, I think I brought a little bit back of the, you know, the Eddie Murphy time and Chevy Chase time, because when I came in there, they wasn't even laughing at, at the table read. Like I was screaming the first table read. Everybody kept looking at me like, who, who is, why is she? (laughs) I'm like, I'm like, oh my God, Keenan, that is hilarious. Did we hear correctly that you spent Fourth uh, of July on on a boat with uh, with him with Keenan? Yeah, that's my brother from another mother, man. I'm telling you, the first time me and Keenan met, it was like we did not had and never knew each other. It, it it was it was like instant brother brotherhood. He seems like a cool guy. He is one of the best people in the world. Is he now currently the longest running cast member? Yep. Yes, he is. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Uh, do you see yourself going as long as it as long as they'll have you? Because to me, it just seems like I mean, you're doing a lot of movie stuff. Obviously, you're talking about Angry Birds and all that stuff. But uh, you know, is it the kind of thing you can keep and do both? Because you know, if if you enjoy the training and it's not burning you out, why get off it? Uh, you know, that's the question every summer. Yeah. <laughs> 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 summer is like, damn, do I want to? Because it's like a hundred hours a week, man. Yeah, it's not, it's not only physically, uh, you know, tiring. It's very mentally tiring too. And I'll bet. and and that's by the end of the week, we have to take all that energy and put it into two shows. It's it's a lot of work. So yeah, yeah summertime, you really take that time to go. All right, do I want to do this again? Yeah, oh, God. you know. Well, speaking of shows, we've got an evening with Leslie Jones. I, you know, since this is this is you, this has got to be a, a lot of fun to do. Since it's oh my God, just your material, I don't understand that I'm actually a comedian. Yeah. So all this, <laughs> stuff, all this stuff that y'all see me doing on SNL and all that is like whipped cream. Yeah. When you come see me do comedy, oh my goodness, oh oh, you think I'm silly? You think I? Oh, just come see me perform. No, 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 you, you're very funny. Your stuff is great, and, and your energy is great. So yeah. we're looking forward to it. Excellent. All yes. right. Thank you, Leslie. We appreciate you checking in. Have a good time when you're here in Philly, and we'll catch up another time, okay? I definitely will. Thank you so much for having me on. Anytime, please. Leslie Jones, yeah. guys. She's awesome. Great. And tickets <laughs> tickets are on sale at KimmelCenter.org. You do not want to miss out on that. That's cool, man. She's really nice. Well, I love also I love the it. fact that I love people who are, so she's part of pop culture history herself because mm-hmm. of SNL, but loves 
you know, pop culture, let's yes. Game of Thrones, let's all these these shows, and you know, and gets into it because that's honestly, if people when people ask us to sort of thumbnail what the show is about, we're really kind of a, a pop culture review. Yeah. That's what we are all about. Agreed. And and uh, you know, so all those references and and you know. Uh, believe it or not, this morning I was deciding whether or not to put on a BTS T-shirt that someone gave me. So, <laughs> you got to wear that. I'm going to wear it. Yeah, right. I, I might wear it to the pool thing tomorrow. Yeah, oh, uh, I love it. And love uh, it. but uh, yeah, so it's it's and that's part of the deal. I love hearing her her enthusiasm about that, whether it be the Olympics or whatever. So it's very yeah. cool. Nice. All right, listen, we got to take a break. Stay down. The Preston and Steve Show podcast. Wait, turn up the sound. Ninety-three-three WMMR. Everything that rocks. Let's get to music news now. Preston and Steve's music news on ninety-three-three WMMR. I'm into nubbits, y'all. Yeah, I've heard that in a while. All right, so Bruce Springsteen, as we were guessing yesterday. Uh, will release his first new album in five years. It will be June 14th, and it is titled Western Stars. Nick was describing it. <laughs> well, the single. The single? Yeah, the single, which is called Hello Sunshine. And uh, it is, uh, tell me what, tell them what you told me. Well, uh, your your analogy um, was to Nebraska, and I think that's appropriate. It's slow, it's really pretty, and it's something we will never play. Okay. All right. Uh, according to the announcement, Springsteen, quote, takes his music to a new place. Drawing inspiration in a part from the Southern California pop records of the late 60s and early 70s. Uh, the album was recorded primarily at Spring Scene's home studio in New Jersey with additional recording in California and New York. I want to be like the Little River Band. Uh, Western Stars, which is available for pre-order, was produced by Ron Aniello with Springsteen providing guitar, bass, and keyboards, among other instruments. Uh, Patty Scalfa is also appearing and contributing vocal arrangements on four tracks. Along with original E Street Band keyboardist David Sancius, I think is how you pronounce his name. I'm not familiar with that guy. Um, <clears throat> I guess he must have been in an early version of E Street Band, but then again, maybe not. Maybe I have no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> maybe no one knows what the hell it's about. And also current touring members Charlie Giordano and Susie Tyrell, among many other musicians. So it's not... It's not an E Street Band album. It's a Bruce. No, it's, it's a, a Bruce, Bruce album. album. Yeah. Um, we're going to have a clip over just in, in a little they bit. There it is. Wow, you guys are quick. Ethereal. <laughs> he is very intrigued by intergalactic space travel. <laughs> it's like a song you already know. Yeah. Already Thank you. So he's actually talking about the stars in space when That's he what says he's talking about. Western stars. Yes. Right. Okay. Now, the let's stars play, that, uh, yeah. Let's play the real clip. Always like my walking shoes. You can get a little too far. Get a little, little, little. <laughs> That's what it sounds like, right? Yeah, but honestly, little. Preston, that... You know, bleed, you, you, you come from New Jersey. <laughs> right. <laughs> Mr. Mr. Crap, buddy. You know what? Stop it. It reminded me of um, Everybody's Talking at Me by Harry Nielsen. Everybody's talking okay. at me. You hear that? I hear it. Yeah, I do except very much the, so. Except for the beetle, little, little, That part's different. Little, 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 Some Bugs Bunny. Exactly. I hear a little Bartle do in there. Yeah. Get a little, 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 get a 
turtle do. Three, four, crap Mustang. <laughs> Should alert him to his new For song. For a spring scene, a legend. <laughs> you can get a little too fond of the blues. Yeah, I, I, everybody's I talking at me. It's very accurate. Yeah. You walk too far, you walk away. You're right, and pretty is a good assessment of this, Nick. Cheesecake Factory, I love it. What? Uh, so this is actually falls, I think, probably between. Uh, like I love the Tunnel of Love album. Okay, that uh, is good. So that's just that's was that a that was spring scene? That was his so, first. That was uh, it was a big deal because the E Street Band was not involved right, in that yeah. at all. So yeah, I feel like I get more enlightened lyrics from younger artists. Do you know what? Like. I- or enlightened lyrics, yeah, because like, they've had so little time artists. to live. Well, well, so I would expect more <laughs> from, from a child artist, from an artist that's been so around. Rebecca for a little Black while. speaks to you. Not it's Friday, okay. But um, I don't necessarily agree. I think it's, it's, it's on an artist per artist basis. It should be the other way around. But then we're going little, little, little. Well, there are words there. I was cheesecake factory. I think I think that's more us than Bruce. Yeah, it's totally Bruce. Totally Bruce singing about Cheesecake Factory. But my favorite though was one time we played, it was from a soundtrack. Um, and I think it might have been from Gran Torino. I'm not 100% sure that, oh, that Bruce yes. might have had a song. But anyhow, he talks about a one-legged dog crawling across <laughs> yes. the lawn. Oh, my God. And we heard that, and we were like, what the hell Have are you? Have seen a one-legged dog crawling across yeah. the It was from The Wrestler. Jesus. It was from The Wrestler. Yes. That's what it was, yes. And, uh, and Steve, you went off in Bruce mode, and I... Have you ever seen a three-penis pony try to jump through a flaming hoop? Have you ever seen a flamingo try to typewrite? Have you ever seen a salamander try to prepare taxes? They just can't do it. They don't have the smarts. Have you ever seen a one And they virtually are unaware of proper deduction. Have you seen me? Oh my God! The salamander. <laughs> the salamander. <laughs> yeah, I like the flamingo line. <laughs> yeah, he tried to type. Uh, he, I, I've never. I've always. I've always loved early Bruce, the real Asbury Park. You know that sort of stuff where you just knew he knew that when he became Midwestern sharecropper. Or <laughs> I didn't. I didn't buy. I, like to that point, Preston. I, I see that as a, as an affectation that's not true to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it doesn't mean it's not. He's competent, but it's just, I think he's doing an impression of somebody that's not him. I don't know. Does that make sense, or am I stupid? I don't know. I, I like what I've heard of this particular song a little bit. Now, yeah, it's not very up and aggressive or anything like that, but... Uh, I, I do like that 70s, Yeah. Um, you know, if you're talking the mommers and the poppers. Yeah. <laughs> But I like the, I like the, everybody's talking about yeah. me. Everybody's going cheesecake factory. Yeah. Anything about turkey bacon in there? All right, anyhow, uh, Western Stars, which is available for pre-order, was produced by, I already did, did all that part. You did that. Uh, Springsteen <laughs> said. You already uh, did that part. Springsteen said of the album, this record is a return to my solo recordings featuring 
uh, character-driven songs and sweeping cinematic orchestral arrangements. All right, he does make that caveat. So he does basically say he's playing characters in the album. And it is a jewel box of a record, he said. this li- The lyric video for the album's it's track uh, was uploaded to YouTube this morning. <laughs> uh, you want the titles? Yes, please. Uh, hitchhiking. Hitchhiking. Uh, Thumbs out, guns out. <laughs> the, the, this, uh, the Wayfarer. The Wayfarer. Oh, it's yeah. about sunglasses. It's a, it's, a, it's a good website. Uh, Tucson Train. Going what? aboard that Tucson Train. Western Stars. Uh, Sleepy Joe's Have cat. you ever seen a chicken plate a harmonica? <laughs> it's good for a couple of laughs. You have no lips, which makes it difficult. And they perform lots of gaps. All right, so uh, Sleepy Joe's Cafe. Sleepy Joe's Cafe. Ah, uh, mm-hmm. Sleepy Joe's, Joe's Cafe. Cafe. Remember that? What's that from? Uh, uh, school Ties? School Ties. Yeah. <laughs> I got oh. you. I don't remember that. Did uh, I remember that? Uh, you know what? I never did see that movie. Did you ever see School Ties? <laughs> <Casey? laughs> I saw it, too. Come on, Bruce. <laughs> what movie had you gotten to see? Uh, you were talking earlier? Uh, and you uh, ended up in a uh, different movie? I went to see something, and I went to a different movie. Mm. I went to see something, but he saw a different movie. What is that song? It's not Sleepy Joe's Cafe, is it? The Smoky Joe's Cafe. Smoky. Yeah, it's it. I remember. Uh, Drive Fast, The Stunt Man is the name of a song. Chasing Wild Horses. By the way, that's the second word uh, that ends with, that has dropped the G on ING. You had hitch, Hitchhiking and now Chasing Wild, Chasing Wild Horses. Sundown. I'm a big Gordon Lightfoot fan, and that's one of my favorite albums. Uh, somewhere north of Nashville, Stones, There Goes My Miracle, Hello Sunshine, which we heard, and Moonlight Motel. So these are the Bruce Springsteen songs that are on the Classic album. Bruce titles. The new album. Moonlight yep. Motel, uh, speak- uh, Going to Cheesecake Factory. <sighs> Ozzy Osbourne has been hospitalized after he recovers from complications due to a bout of the flu. Yes. Uh, The singer's wife, manager Sharon, shared the news on Wednesday, writing on Twitter, as some of you may have heard, Ozzy was admitted to the hospital following some complications from the flu. His doctors feel this is the best way to get him uh, on a quicker road to recovery. Thanks to everyone for their concern and love, she said. Ozzy reportedly checked into Keck Hospital in Los Angeles on Monday. (laughs) Sharon and the couple's son, Jack, showed up at the hospital. Trying to cover up the sound of your fart? Yeah. (laughs) Sorry. I need that one. <laughs> Kathy, that's funny, right? On Amazon. I wonder. Oh. Taking care of Ozzy, you just think that's got to be oh. that's got to be some work. It's there's going to be a lot of sponge baths and yeah, you know. so again, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just 
<laughs> oh, God. Okay. Uh, Jack showed up at the hospital with security Great in to tow. Be here. I don't know what. No, not, not Nicholson. Their, their son, Jack Osborne. Oh, all right. What's that? <laughs> Jack showed up at the hospital uh, with security in tow. Oh. Uh, Sharon later left and returned a short time later with a suitcase and a blanket and possible sign that she planned to stay with Ozzy by Ozzy's side. Has you fit the security in your toe? What? Oh, in, no, not in his toe. T-O-W. Uh, Sharon apparently skipped Tuesday's episode of her TV show, The Talk, so that she could care for her husband. Who's on that show now that you don't have? Um... Okay. Uh, oh, I don't know. It's. On, I haven't the slightest idea who's on that show. Sarah Gilbert, uh, maybe Aisha Tyler. Because that used to be what's her name? No, Aisha Tyler's gone. Les Moonves's yeah, wife uh, was uh, on there. Uh, Julie Chen. Julie Chen Julie is Chen. off. And so uh, Alicia Tyler's gone. Aisha Tyler's gone. I Aisha love Tyler. Aisha Tyler. She's great. She's gone. Okay. Um, yeah. Hmm. I have it here. It's Cheryl Underwood. Uh, yeah. The talk, right? Yeah. Okay. yeah. Who's Carrie Nava, Sharon Osborne, Eve, and Sarah Gilbert. Oh, Carrie Nava from she's uh, from Dancing, Dancing with, the with the Stars. She was one of the original Fly Girls. Was she really? Yes, Carrie Nava. Wait, Eve, the the rapper, the the the, yeah. the, the so? musician. Yes. I didn't know she was on that. She's show. from Philly, right? Uh, I, yeah, I think I think so. I'm not sure. Nick. Yes, she is. Uh, okay. All right. Thank you. All right. Uh, anyhow, Larry Fine is. Uh, Sharon apparently skipped the show, and then this is Ozzy's second stay in the hospital. Last October, the legend con- <laughs> contracted a staph infection uh, that required him to have surgery on his hand and resulted in him canceling. <laughs> I think his days of, of being sort of um, immortal or impervious, yeah. I think as he gets older, it's... Yeah, the tab is starting to come due. Yep, it is. Uh, the days when you could eat a bad head, bad head, not have any problems. Right, those that's are, gone. Those are over. <laughs> All right. So the band Corn has posted a cryptic message on its Instagram account, suggesting some sort of announcement is in, is in, in, in imminent. <laughs> I love when you get mad at yourself. It is inevitable. Inevitable. Uh, the post shows a black and white image of what appears to be a tangle of cables Aha! with fans uh, asking to visit the band's website. Uh, the site carries a simple message, watch it all fall down, and it urges people to sign up for further information. <clears throat> Corn has been working on the follow-up of 2016's The Serenity <clears throat> of Suffering for some time. Sorry. Uh, with frontman Jonathan Davis reporting back in January that he was working on his vocals for the new record. Uh, Brian had... <laughs> I know. Go for it. Sorry. Dr. Mike told me to use the Neomed, and that would fix that problem. Well, it certainly hasn't done that. You're not doing it rectally, are you? No, I'm not okay. putting it in the butt. I'm uh, going through the nose. Uh, Brian had Welch, whose birthday it is, by the way. Uh-huh. Later told Consequence of Sound, uh, we've got some amazing tricks up our sleeve that we haven't done before. Some fun things that the fans are going to be pleasantly surprised by. I know that for a fact. Corn uh, and Allison Change are going to head out on a co-headlining amphitheater tour across North America later this season. I like it. <laughs> what? <laughs> what was the, there's a fart at the I end. don't know where the fart came from, but I love it. <laughs> That Play is... that at regular speed. Right. Please. <laughs> 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 
That's the greatest sound I've ever heard. Uh, One more time. Uh, Marissa, trace that back to uh, April 20th, 2017. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Kathy thinks this is oh, she's crying. Like, it's, it boggles my mind how you still find it this funny that the three of you can't contain yourselves. It's, just, it's great. It, 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 it's everything you want to say. It, that Sometimes the words don't come to you. I Play it again. <laughs> which, which speed? Uh, I can see you give it like a little chuckle and then yeah. move on. No. Like, no. At this point, we've been here like three minutes now. You're not seeing the As it's gearing up in classic corn fashion to be this aggressive sort of war chant, it's completely undermined by the childlike uh, poot. <laughs> it's two completely conflicting attitudes. Um, hey, by the way, nobody else is laughing. Yeah. So it's not just Kathy is not laughing. Nick's not laughing and none of our interns are laughing. Marissa has a smile on her face. Hang you, on a do you ever see Amadeus? <laughs> I usually don't find farts funny at all, Kathy. Um, that one caught me off guard. Because <laughs> okay. okay. it's more of a, yeah. it's more of a raspberry <laughs> yeah. than it is actual a gas. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so. Also, <laughs> the mystery of it. it. It's it's like an escape room. How to? Yeah. How did it happen? We don't know. We may never know. <laughs> we may never know. Oh, and Marissa's, uh, she's investigating. Oh, hold on, Marissa. No, nah, I got nothing. We talked about misbehaving kids in Delco, orgasm headaches. Uh, Wait, Steve a- was in studio. We, oh, we, we, we talked do- about orgasm headaches way back then. We and just, just recently, like, too. Whoa. Whoa. What'd you call them? We what was the, there's a particular that. name for them. Orgasm headaches. Was that it? I think it was, yeah. Or sex headaches. Post- sex headaches. Post- there's a big difference. Postcoital. Okay, postcoital. All right, anyway. Poise coital. Poise coital. Jesus Christ. Okay. Uh, music news. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Turn the... Oh, one more Stop time. the press. I right, go ahead. <laughs> what was that? That oh, was a mistake. <laughs> it just can't... <laughs> there can't be... There can't be more of these gems. Can you do that more than twice? <laughs> it's like finding a separate cabin in a diamond mine. I okay. See, sometimes when you hit this button, it doesn't work. Oh. So when I hit it twice, it went burp burp. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> Look, Chuck's laughing so hard he's crying in the other room. I love it, Chuck. Anybody that doesn't find that hilarious is dead inside. <laughs> dead inside. Or just a little more mature. <laughs> I wish the button. What is great is that you have a massive company, a media company, Beasley, who's currently paying us to do this. Dude, they just they took us down to DC last week for for some big award in front of senators. Yeah, that's how stupid we are. Uh, Or they're bad genius. (laughs) Or we've we we make a a living one. Yeah, we make a living out of this. There you go. <laughs> follow your follow your your dream. <laughs> Two is funnier than, yeah, than, than three or four. I think. Yeah. It, no. It is. Yeah. <laughs> Wait. Uh, it sounds like a wrong answer. Uh, is it Sputnik? <laughs> ah man. 
<laughs> one for yes, two for no. <laughs> or double A. Triple O. MCO. I love it. I love uh, it. You know That's who's really... loving it? Pierre's loving this, I'm <laughs> yes. sure. Listening to this right now. Well, he knows the old style Raz. As you said, it's more a raspberry than a... Yeah, that's not a fart. ...fart, but yeah. it is sort of fart-ish. All right, at some point we have to move along. We that, do. That point is now. <laughs> Metallica isn't the only band getting into the spirits business lately. Slipknot... Ooh, scary. ...has uh, shared details of its own craft drink, dubbed oh. Number 9 Iowa Whiskey, which will be available starting August 10th. At select retailers in all 50 states and on the brand's NotFest Roadshow North American Tour. It can also be obtained at select markets on the trek ahead of the official August 10th launch. <laughs> so, uh, Metallica sent uh, Jackson some of the, the, um, their booze, right? What's that? Metallica sent Jackson some of the, their their. They sent stuff. me some, too. The, uh, the How beer. was it? It was beer. I didn't try the okay. I haven't had the whiskey yet. Uh, I still have the cans. I haven't, I haven't sampled right. them. A collaboration of the Iowa-based Sear Ridge Distillery, the 90-proof number 9 Iowa whiskey, will retail at $39.99, while the 99-proof <laughs> number 9 reserve Iowa whiskey will retail for $69.99. Both are made with corn from award-winning distillery family farm in Winthrop, Iowa. Eric is a state senator on line one. Can okay. you see what he says? Uh, hi, Eric. Senator, good morning. Yeah, you guys rock. Thank yeah. you, thank you. What did you want to tell us? Yeah, I have not laughed this stinking hard, and I can't tell you how long. You guys can talk about that fart effect and, and, and the origin and play that for the entire six hours. I would not care. There you go. You guys are the biggest kids. I love you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Talk about it more, please. And Eric, thank you, sir. You are, and you will agree, you will say this, you are a state senator, correct? Not at all. Damn it. <laughs> all right. Well, we so Thank appreciate you, Eric. I appreciate the love. Right. Give him one, Case. Thank you. There we go. I feel that you can't hear me laughing. I've told you I've lost part You've of lost my laugh. Oh. You've lost your laughing feeling. Oh, no, I haven't lost the laughing feeling. I've just lost the laugh. So, um... You need you need to get your laugh back, man. Something's wrong with my throat. Need to get your laugh back. I know. I got to talk to Doctor Mike. About Marissa's it. Uh, in the process of turning this into a, um, <laughs> a ringtone. A ringtone. Uh, oh, it's it's Joe Bell. <laughs> he just texted me. Anyway, uh, Slipknot's going to be announcing special events uh, surrounding the launch of the Number Nine Iowa Whiskey, including bottle signings and bar takeovers in the coming weeks. Nice. All right, and then one last thing. Blink-182 is apparently planning to release an EP <laughs> after the arrival of its... <laughs> and Apocalypse. Over to you, Chet. Of its new uh, full-length studio LP, which is due out later this year. The news comes courtesy of Blink drummer uh, Travis Barker, who was asked by fashion influencer Kerwin Frost in a recent interview about a track the band recorded with... Yeah. Rock- with rapper Little Uzi Vert. Oh, my God. And rapper producer Pharrell Williams. Hey, that Little Uzi Vert, is that the one that's from Philly? Uzi Vert? Yeah. You know that? That's a good question. I do not know. I know. I believe he might be from... Is there a Little Uzi, too? Or just is it just Little Uzi, Uzi Vert? Hey, guys. <laughs> my name is Little Uzi. Yeah, yeah I'm a Little Uzi. He's from Philly, kid. Because <laughs> my uh, nephew has a video of him... Because he goes to St. Joe's Prep, and he mm-hmm. Lil Uzi Vert. 
yeah. was hanging out there, and he, he comes out of this little townhome. And there's a whole his, bunch of fans? All, all yeah. of them, and he gets into, like, a I'm Ferrari. Hey, Lucy Burt. Hey, Lucy. I got to say Joe's prep. <laughs> He's from uh, Francisville in Philly? I don't know where that is. You ever heard of that? Yeah, Francisville. It's like um, my brother has Can't houses there. It's the only reason I know is because my brother bought a bunch of houses there. It's like newly named Francisville. I think it's past or down Broad Street. Oh. Yeah, North Philly. Wow, there's a whole bunch of usable information here. Francisville. I thought you were saying Francis Philly. I can't Francis Francisville. Francisville. Philly. It's a neighborhood in North Philly, off near of Brewerytown, uh, near Broad and uh, Fairmont Avenue. Okay, we all up to speed on Little Uzi Vert. How did this get started? Uh, so we don't get French benefits. He's he's working with someone. Blink One Eighty Two. Oh. Uh, so, Barker explained, Blink just did a song with Uzi. Uzi. That's, <laughs> that's the most mind-blowing thing ever. Wow, that's saying a lot because the Beatles did Hard Day's Night <laughs> with uh, Pharrell. He also said it's not going to come out on the album. It's going to come out probably on the EP that comes later this year. Blink recently shared a new song called Happy Days. Monday, Tuesday. <laughs> yeah. The track follows Blame It On My Youth and Generational Divide is the third offering from the trio's new LP, which is tentatively, t- tentatively titled Bajmir. Uh, Blink is currently on its... I'm <laughs> <laughs> just making sound. Uh, uh, honestly, so much of this. Blink is currently... Uh, Blink is currently on its 20th anniversary tour for Enema of the State. How's that tour selling? Uh, playing the entire album from back to back. I don't know. I would imagine it's doing fairly well. You want to check with the city beat? Yeah. Uh, Marissa, any idea how the tour is selling? I was just going to say that during the Warp Tour that Blink was headlining, they were advertising it very heavily. Okay. On all the screens. Uh, by the way, they are, they're going to resuming, uh, resuming out on their, with their tour partner, Lil Wayne. And, Lil Wayne. And (laughs) Neck Deep. So. (laughs) B A L L Z balls deep. Yeah, he's a good rapper. <laughs> Why not? Yeah, I mean, right? Balls deep. I'm balls deep. Summer gonna rock your world, right? That's right. Balls deep. Wow, they working mm. together? Working Absolutely, together. the show you've been waiting for. They're gonna collab. Mm. <laughs> Eddie Vedder jammed with his idols The Who on Saturday night. Wow. Uh, during the latter band's massive concert at London's Wembley Stadium. Uh, Vedder joined The Who during their set sing-along on uh, The Punk and The Godfather from the band's classic 1973 rock opera Quadrophenia. Uh, Vedder once told Rolling Stone that the double LP, quote, saved my life. Uh, so, and he's... Has he performed on stage with them before? Yeah, oh, yeah. He, right. He has to have. Pete is his all-time favorite, and they've right. become friends, which is pretty cool. Townsend is uh, is Vedder's favorite uh, artist. Yeah, he loves the Who. Okay, yeah, I, mean, I always he, thought he was uh, like Neil Young was at the top of that list. I but... think that he has an, an enormous amount of respect for Neil Young. <laughs> yeah, um, sorry, but that's okay. <laughs> We're back to little Uzi. Yeah, no, so... I just I just read something. But uh, I think his all-time favorite band and the one that he's become closest with, and they love him, too, is, that, is The Who. That is interesting. I didn't know that. Going hmm. back to Blink-182, somebody wrote, they texted this, their album, and so I thought I thought they were talking about another album. Yeah. It says their album is Rim Job Backwards. <laughs> I thought that was the name of Rim Job Backwards was the name of the album. No. 
Bajmir is rim job spelled backwards. There we go. Thank you. Wow, we would not there. have known that. So I actually, I like that. Yeah. Bajmir. <laughs> or you can name an album Rim Job Backwards. <laughs> would it sound that way if you if you took... I re- doubt it. ...reversed it? I don't think it would. You know, let's let's you all try it. it? Yes. We could. Yes. So just say clearly, say re- Rim Job. Can you record it and, yeah. and play backwards or no? Uh, yes, I can. Okay, say when. Go ahead. When? Rim Job. All right. All right so uh, Casey will this. record that. All right. We'll, we'll see what that sounds like. All right. Okay, say when. Go ahead. When? Rim job. All right, you ready? Yep. Habajmir. Yeah. Habajmir. Yeah. Habajmir. Habajmir. There's a little in there, but Habajmir. Now, let me say that forward. And see if it's... Okay. Okay, ready? And yep. Habajmir. Okay. Okay, let's try that. If it comes back, guys. Try that. Go here and... Oh, wait. Sorry. Habajmir. Dream job. We're scientists. Dream job. Do it again. You can do it even do it better. Dream job. Dream job. We are ready to transmit. Ajmir. Him job. The aliens are about to transmit a message. Dream job. Play it again. Dream job. Wow. <laughs> you really got that in there. Uh, oh, I love our And job. now the envoy from Neptune is about to speak. Rame job. <laughs> <laughs> what else can we say backwards? Um, um, balls deep. Balls deep. Here, okay. you ready? All right, okay. so let's All right. record this. All right. All right. Balls deep. All right. Got that. This, it's a rapper's name. Right. Yeah, balls yeah. deep. All right. All right. But, Okay. Oh, that's a tough well, one. That's a tough line, right? Ready. Needs law. Needs ball. Hey. That one's not going to do it. Uh, nope. Let's see. There we go. Bob's Dean. Ball deep. Ball deep. All right, I'm going to delete that one. Ball deep. Be beloved. Be beloved. Oh, we know what the alien's like. All right, rim jobs. Yeah, so. Rim jobs. Rim jobs. Rim jobs. One more time, case. No, right. Beads law. No, no, not bold. Uh, rim no. job. Rim job. Rim job. Rim job. Rim job. It's, so it's like you've just you've just met in the jungle. Rim job. Rim job. You. <laughs> That's my favorite one. It's a green job. It's a green job. Green job. Green job. Green job. Green job. Green job. Green Why did that... Uh, I don't know why it's stopping. Me? Oh. Neither. Green oh. job. Green job. You tongue to cream bubble. At the end, I go... Rim job. Yeah, of course. Wouldn't you? You'd yeah. Rim job. <laughs> That's the natural <laughs> gagging. Wow. But you, we, um, <sighs> that, that makes sense now. Yeah. Uh, they, they're very clever. There wasn't there, their album was, uh, no, was Green Days was Take Off Your Pants and No, that was Cake. Was that Cake? Take Off Your Pants and, and Jacket. jacket. Yeah. yeah. What was, what no, was, no, uh, no, 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 Cake was, was uh, that was Blink. I was yeah. thinking, uh, Rain job. Yeah, long job. Rain job. Someone wants to point out that we've won awards. 
Yes. <laughs> yes, we have. I know. True. Uh, that yeah. doesn't mean they can't rescind them. I'm not done with music news. You hear the time? Yes, dream job. Green <laughs> <laughs> job. Nell, that's Nell's first day. <laughs> we need to we need to save this clip yeah. somehow or another. Green job. Dream job. Green job. <laughs> it really sounds like you've encountered another, you know, a, a culture deep in the Amazon. Do you think mm-hmm. you could get that as a vanity tag? It's six letters. No. no. Is that too? <laughs> yeah. Okay. I think it's a little blatant. What if you worked on, you know, like tires? If you lived in New Jersey, you could get Bajmir, and at least in people's rearview mirrors, it would say rim job. Mm. Well, it wouldn't. Well, I mean, it would be backwards letters, but come on. Right. I mean, and yeah, yeah, true. If he said it in your head, It sounds like a like a Tokyo uh, massage yeah. parlor. An overdub. There you go. That's what I have for you in music news. That was music news. That was it was too, and it was also we learned a lot. It was. If you're not careful, you might learn something <laughs> about what rim jobs. <laughs> do 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 do. Yeah. All right. I think we've earned a break. I think uh, we have. Uh, anyone who's been hanging on, God bless you. We yeah. didn't earn anything. No. Just take a break. Earn is a We're going to give the listeners a little All right. break. I think we owe them a break. Oh, yes. about that. That's right. correct. Ah, uh, springtime is in the air early. As we fantasize of riffs and rock outdoors on the lawn. Get set for MMRBQ 2020, Saturday, May 16th at BB&T Pavilion. Disturbed. Royal Blood. The Pretty Reckless. Sublime with Rome. The best value in rock. Nine bands for just 50 bucks. Also appearing. Puddle of Mud. Crowbot, Dirty Honey, Mongolian Metalheads, The Who, and Jackson's Local Shots Opener, Foxtrot, and The Get Down. Saturday, May 16th, BB&T Pavilion. Tickets on sale tomorrow at 9 a.m. from 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. I had a story in the Bizarre File yesterday of a, a school, and I forgot what country it was in, but they, uh, the... And I've seen this before. I've seen this in in, in other uh, foreign countries. Never seen it in the U.S. Where they actually put a box on the student's head. They'll they'll cut out just a square in the front. It's almost like they're wearing an old TV set on their head. Yeah, it was uh, in India. It was in India. Okay, yeah. to combat cheating, to keep people from looking at the person to their oh, left wow. or right. Yeah, so they're well, looking right down at the test while they take a test. But I I heard recently that. That isn't even, I mean, just the old, you know, sneaking the, the look at your at your, uh, your next-door neighbor's uh, paper is not necessarily the chosen form of cheating these days. Because so much stuff is done online now that uh, students are using Google Docs quite a bit uh, to cheat with. All the time. Yeah. And so now they're, they're trying to make, in fact, they've said they've noticed a... Um, a general increase in um, grades that they believe is artificially manipulated. Really? Through the, and so much so that Google itself has stepped up and has, um, like I'm looking at an article here, they're trying to set up ways to prevent Google Docs being used for so, cheating. So here's the way I understand that this works. And, and if I'm wrong, please tell me. Yeah. We've, got, we've got students here. We've got strippers that know the answers <laughs> as well because Victoria was chiming in on this while we were off air. Um, that if someone takes a test 
in a class before you, that you're going to have that same class, and they therefore can get that exact exam that you're about to take and send that to you before you take the exam. Is that kind of the way it works? Is that what I understand? You know who knows? Uh, ben knows. Ben, ben come yeah. in here. Ben, ben. Come in here. Intern Ben, we're going to get him on the mic. And uh, by the way, Ben, are you currently a student? Uh, yes, I go to Temple University right now. I've been there for three years now. Okay. All right. So when, when someone is taking an exam, they can take that exam and give it to someone else who has a, a te- that same test later on in the day. Is that how it works? So it totally depends. But like a lot of the times, it will just be on your laptop in class. And it's impossible to govern everyone's laptop, as you can imagine. Okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. All right. <laughs> Had to run in. He's a little nervous. Okay. <laughs> I was going to like that. Um, <laughs> and actually, is it the thing? Is it the proposal documents? <laughs> <laughs> I've talked to Ben many times. I've he never heard his voice quite like that before. And that's we had to matriculate through the process of the Temple University. Anyway, of course, enriched by the learning that we have. So, 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 so I guess kid, you poor kid. I guess no. Ben he doesn't talk. So I guess we, to come on here with yeah, We just we just pulled him in hat by. It's not his fault. It, we, it's not his Call fault. Off court, that's all. Okay. So Ben, I guess what Preston's asking is, how does Let's start over? How does the document get disseminated to everyone who's looking to cheat off that original document? So you can have a Google Doc open on your laptop in like a separate tab. And yeah. then you can send it to anybody that has like a Google email. And of course, our school uses Google for everything. Right. So, so it's like practically built in. So when the teacher is giving you the test, they're giving you the test on a Google Doc? So it's on a, for us, it's a thing called Canvas. A lot of schools use it, but. Which is what? It's like an online platform for your classes. So this is where like grades get posted, assignments get posted, but it can host quizzes. So you can have the Google Doc, I guess, open on a different browser. Right. And and just sort of toggle between the two, the test and the Google Doc test, Google Doc. I, I don't know. Gabby's here as well. Uh, she's also a student. You know. What's your take on it? Yes. Stop it. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Poor Ben. We pull, pull him in while he's trying to do other work. So yeah. we, we, <laughs> What's your take on it, Gabby? Yeah. So if you're in a group... Um, just like in a group, when you're doing one of your assignments, you obviously have everybody's email. So you can set up this Google Doc where you can share everything that you do. So even if you're in one class earlier and you have a friend that's in the next class later in the day, you can just share that document with other people in other classes. So here's what I was thinking initially. So uh, to me, the, the the most obvious would be you, you take a, you, you know, you, with your phone, you you take a scan of the, yeah. of, the of the test document. Is how is it administered to? Is it administered? Are you receiving the test on your computer to complete on your computer? No. So sometimes you will get the physical test. Okay. And then you just take a picture, you upload it into the doc. And so it is the picture. Okay. So you're taking a a picture of the questions on the test. So say you have a two or three page test. Yeah. They take the pictures quickly with their phone, boom, put it in the Google Doc, and then it goes out instantly to all the people who are in, in their email. Yep. Okay. okay. And Victoria, were you the student? Did you do this or hear about this happening as well? Um, yes. So when I was in school, it was just super easy. Um, number. Well, first of all, the website is pretty, like, once you, like, get it down, it's super easy to, like, use. And, yes, like, sharing is, like, so easy. And it's so easy to communicate on there amongst many people. Did anyone ever flow? I mean, because they're saying that it's actually having, it has had, and Google has actually had to step in to give teachers <laughs> ways to fight this. Uh, Do you know anyone who's ever cheated using the system? Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Well, that's 
That's what I was going to ask. I would say. Well, actually, no, I'd have that aware. <laughs> well, I heard because here's the thing. They have monitoring now. So you can actually type it. You'll get alerts. So the teachers or the principals of the school will get alerts when um, Google Docs are shared or if there's editing and uh, if there's certain words okay. that are used. So uh-huh. it's actually... According to a principal that I know, it's actually easier <laughs> to catch the kids uh, now with Google Docs than it was really? with, with um, yeah, like a paper and pencil. So, Ben, there's always ways around the ways around the ways. So, is there a way around this? <laughs> yeah, so something we do a lot is you can, when you're done taking a quiz online, you can actually save the results as like a PDF. Yeah. Which shows all the answers. So, you can share that with people who have like the class later in the day and they can use that okay. against it. Okay. Here's the question. If you're going in, okay, you've you've cheated, but you've, I mean, it, <laughs> you 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 have to read what the answer is, and you kind of maybe you've retained that information. So here, you know what I mean? well, I think what happens, uh, unless I mean, I, it's cheating, um, but unless I miss this guess, uh, at least in this one level, somebody has to be the first one in who's they're not they don't have the benefit of having it. So first right. to the test is going to have to take the test for what it is. You better pay them. Yeah, right. You know. So they're they, right because first and person people, in won't yeah. have the advantage of a, a, extra time to look for the answers of the test. Oh no, and that's totally true. So what happens is that one person will send the picture over to another student. This student will then proceed to go to the restroom, answer the question, and send it out to everybody. So, okay. Oh, so they, so so with Google, so it doesn't have to be Google Docs. You could simply, if you have someone, yeah. if you have someone, if you're in proximity and you're using just like a, like a Dropbox or, or or something, you can get those pictures and get it done the same way. Exactly. How, did you guys? How often do you see guys using tech uh, to cheat with tests in school? All the time. All the time. Literally every exam, it happens. Every yeah. exam. So you believe that Why are they that still doing this stuff online? Why, why aren't people taking paper tests anymore? So there is a solution. It's called the Lockout Browser. So they will make you install it on your computer. The schools will have on their computers. And what this will do is it will make it so you cannot do anything else on that computer. Well, well he says, why not just there? do a, an actual paper test? I think it's just a grading thing. It's easier yeah. for a computer to grade it for yeah. you than grading 100 papers. Okay. Right. It might be a time-saving thing, yeah. I thought I heard someone say that she thought that people were just being lazy in this case, right? Right. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, but- I wonder how, like, um, good students are reacting to this stuff. Well, like the, I, the, I, the, I you know what take I mean? the test and, like, share my A answers with everybody else so they don't have to do the work, but I did all the studying. It, well, Kathy, in, 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 in high school, there was a kid, I remember clearly, this kid would go, and especially in an earth science class, Mrs. Teagan, I think her name was, she would leave the test in her open bag up on the, all the time. Yeah, yeah. And he would cl- clip it. <laughs> she, would, she would stand in the hallway talking to the teacher from the other class, take it, write, you know, write down as quickly as it could, and always, and the kid was always acing the, the class. <laughs> yeah. And it was, so in a more organic way, he was cheating old school, but it was the same sure. thing, essentially. Yeah, it was a kid that I know who cheated off of this other kid in the chemistry final, and... He knew, uh, so he cheated the whole thing, except for there was one answer that he knew that the kid was wrong on, yeah. and he, uh, you know, did the right answer, and so that kid that was cheating got the highest grade in the class. He got a 95. Oh, man. And that kid is me. <laughs> <laughs> the most, the most um, involved cheating scam that I had ever heard of uh, yeah. with, with, with people I went to school with was this one, so we had a history class together. Uh, and this guy, the, the classroom had a door that went to outside, led to outside the school. Okay, so he didn't go in and out of it, but the door was there. It may right. have been for, you know, uh, uh, fire drills or whatever it may be. 
So what he did was when the teacher was out of the room one time, he took some regular masking tape and taped um, the part of the door that closes and, right. and, and sticks out and, and sticks and, into yeah. the uh, yeah. into the the, the wall. Right, so whatever the door was, the door jam. Right. So he taped it shut. Nobody ever goes in and out of that door. Right. They so would check. Nobody would have checked it. And he knew where the he knew where the tests were kept inside a cabinet that was locked up. There's had a padlock yeah. on it. So he taped that shut. He came in in the evening. He took the hinges off of the cabinet. Stop oh. it. Got the test. Oh my god. Made the copy. Put it all back together. Boom. Got out of there. Ace the exam. That's a really involved. Stance. How did you do that? What's that? How did you do that? <laughs> I did, I have, no way I was smart enough to think of that, dude. And then another friend That's of mine. That's crazy, man. Who went on to become very successful, still a good friend of mine, uh, cheated regularly in college. Two things he did. Number one, in the back of Rolling Stone magazine used to be these ads that were like exams taken for you. All the or not time. exams. Uh, uh, essays. Papers. Essays. Papers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, term papers and things like that. And you could order them. And apparently they were checked to see if they oh, had been used yeah, yeah, in your yeah. university before. And he ordered them all the time, used them, never got caught, got great grades. And then another time, he's never forget him telling me the story. <laughs> His friend uh, knew how to pick locks. And typical that this particular guy who I went to high school with yeah, would right. know how, how to, to pick, pick locks. locks. Yeah. And so it was going to be on the final exam. And this was at, dude, the University of Missouri. I mean, a big school. Yeah. yeah. They they break into the building. And uh, I'll, I'll never forget him telling me, he's like, yeah. So he's, he's like, Brent lights up a cigarette. And he's got this little flashlight. And he's looking at things like, <laughs> it's yeah. It's Animal House. He, he's sitting there. He's looking at it. He's like, yeah. This is a uh, this is a Houston four three seven. I'm gonna need to blah 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 this and that. He's like, yeah, this is gonna, it's gonna take a couple minutes. Come back in a couple minutes. He's sitting there picking the lock. No way. They go in, get the exam, stole it. I, I'm like, wouldn't it have been easier just to study? Well, yeah. yes, yes, but, yes, but there, yes. There, and there's a level of, sort of intellect and, yeah. and and resource that, if applied to just studying the material, would have probably yielded good results. And they would have gone to jail. <laughs> but but look at this. Yeah. Now that we're dealing with glasses with with enhanced reality and and you know, the, as Google Glass and all that stuff becomes... Imagine if you had Google Glasses and you had Google Docs on the Google Glasses or you're taking the test. Mm-hmm. No one could see what's going on. Yeah. It, it, it's crazy. I'm going to go to... Hang on, Missy. Missy works IT for a school district. And uh, she can tell us a little bit about this. Hey, Missy, good morning. Good morning. How are you guys doing? Great. So you've seen this before then, right? Well, I actually... Um, I'm surprised Temple doesn't have anything to figure this out because I work for a K-12 school district and we have something called a lockdown browser where kids, when they go to take a test online, they have to go through this browser and it does not allow them to access anything else but that test. Yeah, Ben said they actually do have it. <laughs> yeah, Ben did mention they have the lockdown browser. Okay. <laughs> uh, and and yeah. so, so now you can actually, it's pretty easy for you to track it down then. Yeah, they actually can't do anything. Like They, they cannot... From that area, they log in to that test, and they cannot go anywhere else. They can't open Google Docs. They can't open a tab to, like, Google anything. There you go. It, it prevents them from cheating. So let me ask you, how extensive, before this stuff was put into place, how extensive was a digital uh, cheating uh, within your uh, K-12 through school? since I've been there, but just in my experience, I mean, kids will find any way to cheat, whether it's passing a note to somebody or, yeah. you know, writing it on their hands. It's just technology gave them another way to do that. So they were using Google Docs was huge where kids would, like the, the your intern was saying, they would just share docs and share it and put all the answers and everything in it, but this stops them from doing that. So it's, it's pretty much shut it down. Okay. All right. Thank you. Appreciate it. You're welcome. No problem. 
As far as the essays go, because you, you brought up, uh, you know, people writing essays and, and, you know, buying them and things like that. So there's actually a website that the colleges and the high schools use where they enter the whole essay in there. And if any part of it is plagiarized, it will, you know, red flag it. Okay. Uh, and then the kid just gets a zero. They can scan. So years and years ago, the thing that used to be, it was not cheating, but it was close, were cliff notes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And cliff notes allowed were, you know, sort of thumbnail reviews. That was okay. So, so if that was cheating, I was the queen of Cliff Notes. I don't think I read a full book in my entire high school career. Cliff Notes were good. I got the Cliff Notes. I read those, and listen, I knew I was not getting an A because the teachers were smart and they asked more in-depth questions than what you would get in the Cliff Notes. But you know what? It it got me passing. So I was like, okay. What you what you couldn't do, or was hard to do, was include. Verbatim yeah. in in, yep. in your report, yeah. On so book you had to learn how how to notes, put yeah. your own spin on it. Yeah, it used to crack me up that the cliff notes, which were traditionally supposed to be shorter than the book itself, to help you. The cliff notes for Great Gatsby were longer than the Great uh, Gatsby. Yeah, yeah, some of them yeah, were yeah. so long. I was like, "What is this?" <laughs> yeah, I know, Kathy. I was the same way. I didn't. I don't think I read a single book in high school, which is too bad because I really enjoy reading now. Yeah, yeah. And, and I probably missed out on some really well, great stories. Well, years think- and years, the Reader's Digest used to publish the condensed version of novels, which would yeah. be for people I never quite understood. I like this book, but I wouldn't want to read more of it. Uh, right. Mice and Men, I think, was the only one yeah. that I read. That's cover a short to cover. Yeah, that and Old Man in the Sea. Yeah. 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 Great, great Gatsby, Nick. Yeah. It is, yeah. yeah. Also it's, it's amazing, but it's short. Movies were a great way to not have to read the books as well. It's, so, you just had yeah. to make sure that, you know... And, and like was, Breakfast at Tiffany's, yeah, right, which yeah. has a very different ending than the book. And then also, like, you can't answer, like, well, Ralph Macchio dies in the yeah, end. Right, yeah. Hang on, let me go to let me go to this. Speaking of different ways to uh, cheat, this one's interesting. Hey, Nicole, you're on the air. Good morning. Hey, bitches. Hey, hey what? What's up, Nicole? Poor Ben. <laughs> <laughs> Don't feel bad. Uh, he's, he's doing fine. <laughs> so my cousin, she went to Penn State, and she had a physics class, and she was really bad at physics. And her teacher would actually let the kids while they were taking their tests have their earbuds in and listen to music because the teacher felt it was soothing and it would help them concentrate. Yeah. Well, my cousin would actually take a picture of her test, send it to her best friend, who was literally around the corner in the cafeteria, and she'd be on the phone with her best friend while her best friend was looking up all the answers and giving her <laughs> but the that's, answers. That's wonderful. Man. That's, that's brilliant. That is. That's, I mean, and you can... In in her, in oh her effort God. to make it a more comfortable experience for the students, they're routing it out to the cafeteria to get the answers. Oh, so that's yeah, we're that's like brilliant. We're like, Morris, you can't even add two plus two. How are you getting A's on all your physics tests? You know, I remember years ago, like, people writing answers when it was just letters, when they would get the letters and multiple choices on the inside of their glasses, mm-hmm. on the rim, mm-hmm. and, and yeah, stuff like that, on the inside of jewelry, on a, on a bracelet or a watch. Steve, a text just came in, which reminded me of something that uh, was common in my high school, and I had totally forgotten about it, the writing of the answers on rubber bands. Do you guys yes. know about that? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. You would write the, you would have to Stretch the rubber band out. Yep, to see it. Then write the answers, mm-hmm. and then and let it contract, and then you couldn't see the answers. And, Correct. Yeah, and so because like, the ink would would shrink up so tight yeah. that it just looked like uh, scribbling. It was really innovative. Yeah, I remember that. Wow. Uh, <laughs> crazy. Oh, wait a minute. Hang on a second. I'm gonna go to I'm gonna go to John. John apparently was a bad guy uh, of sorts. Ooh. Hi, John. You're on the air. Good morning. Gadzooks. Gadzooks, buddy. All right. It says here you are a rat for the teachers. Sort of 
no, no, it wasn't that it was. So like, I, grew right. up, I went to a private school in the area, and I won't say what it was, but I was there from 6th grade to 12th grade, and I was someone who idolized Ferris Bueller growing up. So yes. I kind of pulled every trick under the book for all seven years. Uh, 12th grade, I kind of got busted, kind of cold, and they essentially asked me, said, listen, dude, we're rewriting the rule book. We're not going to let you walk at graduation unless you kind of fess up here and tell us uh, some of the scams that get pulled around here. And I kind of had to tell them a whole bunch of stuff that were pretty obvious, I thought, but they were, like, totally in the dark. So you were basically like when you – and I, I, we'll get the list, but so when like yeah. when they st- when they get someone who's a computer hacker and then they hire them yeah. to work at the FBI, that's basically what they did for you? Literally, and the, and the irony is because they made me write an essay, so I had to write, like, a five-page essay about it, and like, it, had to, it had to be grammatically correct. So, it, was, it was, like, kind of my punishment. It was what fun. were some of the things <laughs> you revealed to them that they were uh, in the dark about? So some, so some of the basic stuff was they had to use the nurse's office where you could go to the nurse's office and then act like you were going home for the day and then kind of just leave. And then the next teacher, you'd have people be like, oh, he was with the nurse and no one would really follow up because there was a follow-up system that was easy. People with notes, the, the you could call in the day before and be like, oh, uh, my son's very sick today. And, blah, 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 blah. and the girl, the woman who would relay that message would never really check in. Like, there was all kinds of easy stuff. But the number one thing was they ended up getting rid of what they called the Scantron sheets. And that was the way that you would take the test where you would get this sheet. It was just blank, but it would have these white squares, blue square for every 10, like one through like 100, we'll say, on like a list of how you would mark answers, A through E. And every 10, there would be a different color bubble. It was just white, blue, white, blue, white, blue. So you could be 10 yards away from somebody. It didn't matter. You just look to your left, even half an inch, and you could just see, oh, it was the second line in the first blue square. It must be number 12. And look, speak. So like, it was so easy. And that's how they did it. I remember those Scantron sheets. Sure. I remember yeah. the, uh, the... That's the why you needed a number two pencil. Number two pencil. Yeah. 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 Wow. Yeah, so also, my, friend, my freshman year of college, I was still friends with a couple kids behind me. And they told me that the new disciplinarian was such a ball buster, man. They, their kids are busting everybody. And I just, all college, I felt so guilty as hell. But well, you know, up to you guys now. <laughs> You're fessing up now. You're coming clean. Well, the you would ha- and you would also, depending, there'd be some t- teachers that would just sit up in the front during a test. Just when you were doing old school, real rudimentary cheating, yeah. a teacher oh, yeah. that would walk the class yep. would have less people cheating. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's just, For I sure. mean, because the old thing would be if you were helping someone out, you'd put your test to the edge of your desk. They would, ca- you know, casually oh, yeah. glance over. Yeah. That's that's why they, in India they incorporate the box system. Right. Yeah. Right. It's interesting. Quickly, now, one last one then before I go. I know, yeah. I Listen, the biggest one, this was like kind of, we were like, this was 2007, so there was the internet and everything, but there was, before Google Doc and all that crap, you couldn't do that. The the AP chemistry exam, this was actually a big deal about our school. They had to like almost suspend like half the, half the, half the grade because... Uh, the, the TI-83 graphing calculator, those old crap, like the ones that some kid created a game that looked like Snake, the old Nokia Snake game. <laughs> yeah. And that's where it looked like you'd load it up and it would say Snake, but then you could go to the menu and it was a way to punch in chemistry uh, for you listen it would bounce it for you. <laughs> so essentially the, every single kid in the class had it and they busted them and, and there was a huge, so like, kids will find whatever they need to do whether they need yep. to bury stuff outside in the dirt and things. <laughs> no, so when was the last, do you remember when there was, what was the last Thanks, big John. cheating scandal where they actually, I think they actually made their students repeat basically the year or something like that. They, they it was, it was like a District-wide cheating scandal, and I don't know if, if answer keys were stolen or something, but it, I don't remember. It was pretty crazy. Wow. Uh, let me. And by the way, overwhelming response on the text messages. They want more Ben. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. so Ben has a charity thing that he wants to plug. So we'll be able to do that at the end of this break. Is that cool? All right. Let me go to. Well, we look forward to it. <laughs> <laughs> this website. <laughs> you guys. <laughs> let me go to Ben's great. Let me go to Matt. Hey Matt, you're on the air. Good morning. What's going on, Presbo? How's it going? It's going good, brother. What's up? So uh I, I recently just graduated not too long ago and uh one of the things I would see is 
Uh, a lot of people who had smartwatches would download these apps. So you can type in note cards on your phone. Yes. And then during tests, they can look at their watch, you know, all discreet and like flick like, and see the answers on there that way. Yeah, there's an easy. So that, this was one from a while ago on the on the Apple Watch where you can just simply um, you can simply write a letter. So if you're taking a multiple choice letter, uh, multiple choice test based on letters. You can you can you write at, with your finger as you. It looks like you're just and you can just do it. You know how to you know enter in data the way you normally write, and that will immediately broadcast to whosoever phone you're connected to, and they're able to see it. And it's just simply a watch. It doesn't yeah. screen cheating. You, yeah, you could never see it. Yeah, I mean you just blend it in. You know, I mean they could even take. I've seen uh, teachers make your phones put. Or they make you uh, put your phone away and like. Uh, Let's say like little baggies or something in the front, but you still have your watch. So the, still, the, you know, I would think exactly that they would right. they would require Apple watches watch to be to be yeah. gone as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, interesting. All right, oh, Ben has something to say about oh, the ben. Apple watches. Yes. So not about the Apple watch, but I do have a story <laughs> we can go into. Okay, okay. please do. So in high Make school, it a long one. I went to a tech school. So I was in the computer programming, obviously. Right. Yeah. Obviously. So, <laughs> but we figured out a way to cheat on the learning guides, which is like a little like our little exercises to learn how to program. But the teacher caught wind of this. Yeah. So for a month, every student had to handwrite all their code. Oh, God. Because we were cheating, it, which is like job on HTML. That's awful. That's crazy. That's all little symbols. We had to handwrite all of it. Then we had to type it up. And that was like his way to prevent us from cheating. And I was pissed because I wasn't cheating. I was the one actually doing it right. Because this all the is other outlandish. students were. <laughs> this is absolutely outlandish. I'll take you outside and kick your ass. Did you rat everybody out because you weren't cheating? What am cheating? I, a monk? <laughs> this is ridiculous. No, Casey, I was trying to be cool. All no, right. no, but so that's, how did you, how long did it take to take a test like that? Well, for what would take five minutes on the computer was yeah. about 25 on the paper. Jesus. Just because you got to remember the symbols, you got to yeah. sprinkle them or whatever. Just, you have to talk through them. Uh, just, just keep this talking. This is the goddamn <laughs> thing I've ever heard. It's right. goddamn ridiculous. 25 on the paper. <laughs> no, but I mean, to write, who's talking about writing code is uh, in, in all symbols and intense stuff. It's... Preston, <laughs> get yourself together. I can't. That's Steve, Steve being outrageous bad is killing me. Oh, this is an outrage. Preston, our, our dancer wants to uh, chime in here as well. Oh, yes, Victoria. Yes. Yeah, don't forget about me. Okay, I'm anyways. sorry, Victoria. No, it's okay. Uh, it's just so funny. I'm listening to how like far people will go to like actually cheat. And I went to a really good school, and we would literally cheat in groups. And the teachers had no idea. That's how no idea. I guess they were just paid so well that like, <laughs> like I swear they didn't care. Do you think there's some credence to the fact that schools who rely on uh, you know how the well the schools performing oh. would, would allow this to happen to? I don't. I guess to keep up with to, the their the review. And stuff whatever. like that. Yeah. It's conceivable. I, mean, I went to a really good school, so like, I guess like high test test scores were yeah. like super important. So it's and plausible deniability, right? That you can say, oh, okay, they're just getting good grades. And what's funny enough, in ninth grade, I actually had a social studies teacher that would literally grade you on like if he liked you or not. Like we would write what we had for breakfast <laughs> on. Like literally, I would yeah. write the most ridiculous answers, and some of them would be right, and some of them would be wrong. I swear, this man graded you on whether he liked you or not, or maybe your outfit that day. Like, I, <laughs> I swear, I bet he you didn't did care. very well. Yes, being stunningly <laughs> gorgeous by helps too. He was awesome. What's going on over here? <laughs> <laughs> Just because he's super hot, she passes. <laughs> I'm here writing goddamn code. My fingers are falling off. (laughs) 
<laughs> she, she talks about having egos, and she gets an A+. Plus. <laughs> <laughs> You're a good sport, Ben. Uh, good ben uh, give out your Instagram uh, handle. While yes, we ha- please do. Some yeah. people are, are asking how to uh, to see you. Yeah. Twitter, Instagram, oh. Ben's on the radio, which is kind of fitting since I'm on the radio right now. Yeah, and Ben is on the uh, actively involved in the radio program at Tempo and had uh, had us come out and speak. And uh, so he's he's actually he's a really good guy. All one right, word, Ben's right, on the radio. Yeah. And and Victoria, do you have an Instagram account you want to hit? Oh, I sure do. Okay. <laughs> so it's um it's Victoria Sage with four E's. S A G E E E. Okay, Victoria Sage. <laughs> four E's at the end. There. Okay. Sorry, Instagram. It was taken. You know, I had to, I had to improvise. I got yeah, you. absolutely. We, we all have to. I guess so. And uh, Gabby, do you have any social media you want to promote since you're on the mic too? I guess it's Gabby Rodden at Instagram. Gabby what? Rodden. R O D I N. D D E N. D D E N. Ah, okay. see there you go. By the way, Ben, yours looks like uh, Benson the radio. It does. Yeah, it looks Benson like the radio. Ben, Benson the radio. Yeah, on Twitter it's capitalized because you can do that. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Yeah, Instagram doesn't have that much. You know, I just noticed that. I, but, <laughs> it's kind of crazy. Uh, Robert just, Guillaume, of course, is the top actor. It doesn't make you angry? And that was an outrage. Frankly. <laughs> God, that says like I have a rheumatoid arthritis writing all this code. And over here, she says she had a Pop-Tart for breakfast. She has an A+. plus. <laughs> I love when you threaten to kick I'm sorry now. I'm going to put my foot so far up your ass. You're going to see my big toe coming out your nose. Oh, my God. Okay. All right. We have to wrap this up. Oh, we do? Okay. Yeah. All right. Oh, no. no. Uh, listen, we will invite Ben back on the air. Yes, absolutely. No doubt, but, we uh, may have a feature. A new star has been born. There right. you go. Cool. Excellent. Nice By job, way, everybody. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Yep. Right. Thank you. Thank you. And we're going to take a break. We'll be back in just a moment. Stay with us. Listen to all the WMMR podcasts as well as a live stream on your Alexa-enabled device. Just say, Alexa, open MMR. Hi, I'm Steven Singer. Yep, that's me, the I Hate Steven Singer guy. People ask me all the time, what does this mean, I Hate Steven Singer? Well, maybe this is the reason. At my store, we don't play pricing games. We wouldn't treat our friends like that. We only have one price. One place, one price. Come to my store and feel the difference. You'll have fun buying a diamond for somebody you love. Steven Singer Jewelers. One place, one price. 888-I-HATE-STEVEN-SINGER. Online, IHateStevenSinger.com. And our flagship store at the other corner of 8th and Walnut in Philly. Hey, it's Preston. Thank you to Jack Frost Mountain for sponsoring today's podcast. The Preston and Steve Show is headed back to Jack Frost on March 6th for the 14th Annual Cardboard Classic. Go to WMMR.com for all you need to know and to pick up discount lift tickets while supplies last. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Now, WMMR presents Preston and Steve's Bizarre Final. The Bizarre File brought to you by Red Robin. Red Robin is sharing the love in February with 15% off all online orders using promo code ONLINE15. Order today at order.redrobinpa.com. Red Robin, yum. While shocked parishioners and a television audience watch, a man stabbed the elderly rector of St. Joseph's Oratory at Mount Rook, which is Canada's biggest church, as he led mass on Friday morning. Jeez. Dude came up and stabbed him. Police said the stabbing was not considered a terrorist attack or anything along those lines. The church tweeted that Father Claude Grew was out of danger. The 77-year-old priest was taken to a hospital and is recovering from his wounds. Uh, The 26-year-old suspect was detained by security staff at the church. 
and taken into custody by police. Uh, the suspect is known to police as well. Uh, Gru was celebrating mass for about 60 people in the church and had an audience watching the event being live-streamed when the suspect went toward the priest and stabbed him several times with a sharp object. Were most of the attendees minions? I think they might have been, because video showed Gru <laughs> yeah. moving away as the man approached and then uh, falling and getting up after the attack. Uh, parishioners... Uh, <laughs> Parishioners separated the uh, the attacker from the priest. So they, they all, all the minions yes, jumped in and got him out of course. there, Steve. They got They're all excited. Grew. Yeah. Uh, police were called to the church. The suspect is expected to uh, appear by video feed at the Quebec court. Uh, but the priest is okay. He's recovering from his wounds. So that's terrible. And you know that there was definitely eyes on him throughout the entire thing. Mm-hmm. A police officer in Texas who had been fired after he gave a gave a homeless person a sandwich full of feces. Oh man! And then had his dismissal overturned on a technicality. Is facing a torrent of abuse online because of that, as you can imagine. So officer, very cruel. Yeah, Officer Matthew Luckhurst somehow managed to keep his job after the disgusting incident, which saw him pick up some dog poop, place it on a piece of bread before placing the sandwich in a styrofoam container of a half-eaten meal provided by a local religious group for this for san antonio uh for the homeless uh luckhurst placed it next to a sleeping homeless man who would ultimately wake up pick up the container looking at its contents possibly eating them members of the public are not holding back in their criticism of the officer online and this dude had a he had like a poop thing i'll explain that in a moment uh he managed to keep his job after a date discrepancy led to an arbitrator to overturn his dismissal enabling him to get off on a technicality arguing that the incident fell outside the window for allowing him to be uh, identified, uh, I'm sorry, indefinitely suspended, and an arbitrator agreed with him earlier this month. Uh, another bike officer had reported that he told the guy, who's a five-year veteran of the force, that he could not just leave the container next to a homeless person and told him to go back and dispose of it. Uh, the officer said he watched him bike back and assumed he threw it away, but did not confirm that he did. He was given a second indefinite suspension in December of 2016 over an alle- allegation that he and another male officer defecated in a toilet assigned to women in the bike patrol office. The toilet was left unflushed by both officers intentionally, the suspension document states. They said Officer Luckhurst and the other officer also obtained a brown substance with the consistency of tapioca mm-hmm. and spread it on the toilet seat. This is, this is his thing. Officer Luckhurst then boasted of these actions to fellow officers. This inappropriate behavior was... Uh, done after a female officer requested the women's restroom be kept clean. So that's what he did. Yeah, exactly. He's got a poop thing. Uh, Police are asking for help identifying two people in a bizarre mystery that has plagued a homeowner in a a wealthy Connecticut town for the past year. They keep leaving boxes on the person's front lawn. Authorities say the boxes have been left in the yard on random occasions over the past year, and some of the boxes have contained headless chickens. Headless chickens? That's a little disturbing. Huh. <clears throat> it's not clear why the boxes are being left on the what lawn. What kind of sick individual <laughs> would perpetrate <laughs> such a crime? Gene Simmons. <laughs> Chicken defender. I don't understand it. Uh, people do not understand the majesty of this animal. Uh, but <laughs> Of the headless chicken? Of the headless chicken. Huh. Ichabod Crane. From Sleepy Hollow. Absolutely. Wow, okay. The original text was a headless chicken. I did not a headless horseman, but it a... It was less frightening for uh, some reason. Understood. I can imagine a creature that stands no higher than a foot and a half. <laughs> Rather scary. Yeah. Uh, it's not clear why the boxes are being left on the lawn, but police say that the headless chickens 
uh, maybe tied to religious or cultural uh, rituals. Police say there's no reason to believe the homeowner is being targeted. Footage released by police showed two people walking down the street. One of them who appears to be a man pauses when he reaches a fence yard. He lifts a medium-sized cardboard box over the fence, places it down in the yard. There's home delivery. Then he walked <laughs> off. Yes, I ordered uh, 20 headless chickens. I'm still waiting on them. Who is this? Gene Simmons. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. <laughs> We'll get those to you right away, <laughs> yeah, Mr. Simmons. Simmons. Uh, then Simmons wants his headless chickens. Then he, <laughs> I have some hands I can reattach. Then he walked off in the direction <laughs> of the train station. Uh, police are looking for leads in the headless chicken. Gene Simmons version of pet cemeteries. All right, and there you go. That's what I have in the bizarre file for you this morning. All right, we taking a break. Yeah. All right, let's do that very thing. When we come back, we'll see if you've been paying attention. We're going to test you. On today's show with a lesson question. Find out what you know. Chance to win something. We'll be back in a moment. Preston and Steve's Cardboard Classic. From 93.3 WMMR and Pacifico Beer. Friday, March 6th at Jack Frost Mountain. Where the snow comes first. The sled-deemed best design scores a $2,000 cash prize. The best Live Life Anchors Up theme scores $500 and beer for a year from Pacifico. Sprint has $500 for the fastest sled. There's $300 for the coolest Jose Cuervo-themed sled. And somewhat of a gag gift for Preston and Steve's favorite fail. Mandatory sled registration through March 1st at WMMR.com. For the MMR VIP lift ticket pre-sale... The sooner you buy, the less you pay. Through February 23rd. Lift tickets are just 10 bucks while supplies last at WMMR.com. Preston and Steve's Cardboard Classic at Jack Frost Mountain. Sponsored by Chorus Photography and Sprint. Brighter future for all. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. Our next guest is on the line. And uh, safe to say, I don't think we've ever spoken to anyone who has a story quite like hers, ever. Your story's amazing. All the years of casting we've done, I don't think we've ever had a story quite like this. Um, And a lot of interesting things about her life. But uh, she is one of the very few people that survived an encounter with Ted Bunny. And by encounter, I mean an attack. Yeah. Uh, She was nearly killed. And uh, so we've got her on the line. Please welcome this morning, Kathy Kleiner, to the program. Hi, Kathy. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you for inviting me. Of course, of course. Well, uh, you know, a gazillion questions, so many different things. Uh, by the way, let, let's talk about where you are in life right now before we get into your past, Kathy. What, what do you do? What, where do you live and what do you do? I live in New Orleans, Louisiana, and it's wonderful here. I work on Rural Street, which is one of the main um, streets that have art, art, antiques and artists. I work in an art gallery, and I love it. I talk to the artists, and I get to know them and their paintings, and um, it's just a great time to be here and Mm. great city to be in. It's a wonderful place, but it must be very interesting, and we'll we'll get into the background of your your encounter with one of the most notorious serial killers in our nation. When you meet people to this day, and eventually, somehow or another, this subject comes up, it's got to be... Very, the reactions you see have to be very interesting. Yes, they are. Um, I have no problem talking about the story. However, I think people have a problem listening to it. Huh. And 
understanding that I'm actually one of the survivors. Yeah, so, Kathy, your story is amazing. Your your life in general is amazing. Your attitude is is so inspiring. You know, you've been through so much outside of just that, which alone would fuel nine lifetimes full of of, of stories. Your your single encounter with Ted Bundy, um, but you it it you know upon learning about you, the fact that you've been able to maintain. This positive, we can hear it in your voice. You're enjoying life. Mm-hmm. To what do you attribute that? Um, well, first off, I think to uh, get over the Bundy situation and the attack, I found that I read every book I could find and watch anything on TV that I could get um, and understand who the man was that attacked me. Um, it wasn't some dark figure in the night. It actually was a person that was Ted Bundy. And I wanted to get into his head and understand that how he worked. And once I could get a feeling of that, I, I said, you know, let's just keep going. I, um, I have two, two grandchildren. I have, uh, my wonderful son. I have lupus, which, um, um, was supposed to have me not have children, but since I've had lupus over the years, I was also diagnosed with stage two breast cancer, which was another thing I had to overcome. But after Bundy, I felt like, you know, I can do this. Anything yeah. that comes up I, is within me to fix. I guess so. Yeah, to frame it that way, because not only that, you had you had, you had miscarriages. You you were in a bank robbery where a, a, you had an armed robbery. You were a teller for that. Uh, you've had so many things that alone would have sent people off into into uh, bad places. And I guess it's sort of weird having that started all off. Kind of, kind of. I guess made you. It was able to help you put it in context. I guess is that what you're saying. Yes, um, everything I had to go through, um, I took it as, okay, this is not going to define me. I'm not a survivor. I want to thrive through life and make everything that happens for good. I want to talk about it and hopefully help other people, even through the cancer or the lupus. Um, Each thing is a major problem for a lot of people, but it's just something I had to endure and then move on. Honestly, your your life would make a, would make a hell of a movie uh, alone. But right now, we do have the Zac Efron movie, and of course, the Netflix series, which has reignited this interest in in Ted Bundy. Uh, if if you wouldn't mind, take us back to where you were, uh, specifically the uh, the the night of the attack and 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 what happened. Uh, you know, because later on, it's my understanding you recalled a lot of it through hypnosis because the initial trauma of it was was uh, so substantial so so give us a um, a peek into what your experience was that evening uh that evening um during the day i had gone to a wedding at church and a reception and had a wonderful day and enjoyed being with friends later on in the afternoon i went back to my room in the sorority i lived on the second floor of chi omega sorority house and my bedroom faced the back of the sorority um the room the house was beautiful it was southern and had a beautiful wood staircase as soon as you walked in after the, my beautiful day, um, I went home and studied, did homework. My roommate, Karen, also was sitting on her bed uh, doing her homework. When you walked into our room, it was a very small room. We had twin beds lined up against each side of the room, against the wall, and um, we had a small trunk. Like, you could put clothes or your shoes in. It was small Footlocker trunk, like like a, like a yeah. For people aren't familiar, it's sort of like a like maybe like a steamer trunk size. 
Yes, okay. exactly. All right. Exactly. So um, that was between our beds, and we had about three feet on each side um, of each side of the trunk to, to get to our beds. Um, sometime around 1030 or 11, Karen and I closed off the lights and decided to go to sleep. Now um, it's it's real late. It's real early in the morning. I'm sleeping, and I hear our, our bedroom door open, which um, aroused me a little bit, um, but didn't wake me up completely, at which point I heard the trunk being um, moved and, and fallen over, and it was like, okay, now I'm awake, and I'm looking around, and I see a figure of something of someone standing in front of me he was in dark and dark clothes and had a knit hat over his on top of his head and i couldn't see anything but a silhouette and at that point i saw this person lift his arm up over his head he had a piece of lock that he had picked up from the firewood that was outside the sorority he lifted his arm up and then slammed it against my face and I remember it being more of a thud, more of um, just just a thud, other than being a sharp pain. Um, looking at it now, I would think it'd be a sharp pain. Mm-hmm. But after um, he did he did attack me, he um, shattered my jaw, and my cheek was split open up to my chin, up to my ear, and I bit almost bit my tongue off. So this was right then, right right there in the room. So, he then went over and attacked my roommate, Karen. Now, Kathy, at this point, he had already been to a another room in the sorority and had, had already killed another of your sorority sisters, correct? Yes. As you walk up the staircase, um, it was a normal dormitory-type uh, sleeping arrangement. He had a long call. My Margaret, Margaret, I'm sorry, Margaret Bowman was the first woman sorority sister that was attacked. When he went up to the hallway, he just took a little turn to the left, and there was the first room, which was Margaret. He attacked her and raped her and killed her, strangled her. Then he crossed the hall and went to Lisa's room, at which point he must have been in such a frenzy. He had never attacked someone so easily as them just sleeping in front of him. He always kidnapped his victims. When he went into Lisa's room, he uh, horribly attacked her, raped her, bit her, which actually became uh, something important because they used it against him right. during the trial, his, his impressions of his teeth. Then they turned around and walked, he turned around and walked into our room. Once he was attacking us, he uh, didn't leave anyone alive. His victims did not live. He came back to uh, attack me again. Since we were in the back of the house is where the parking lot was. Our curtains were wide open. Our, um, we had plants hanging on the curtain rods, so we never really closed the curtains. Right. And thank God, that night, uh, someone was pulling into the parking lot, and the light shone up into our room and illuminated it so much that Bundy thought he was seen. So at that point, he turned around, left our room, ran down the staircase to the front of the house and left by the front doors. Kathy, so so then you have these the people coming into the house, they come in and and they um th- they hear the moaning or how 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 do they uh, you know because it's dark and he had uh, from my understanding is he had unscrewed the light bulb so the lights weren't able to come on immediately. 
Yes, that's true. When he first entered the hallway um, to our, our hall, he had unscrewed the lights in each of the fixtures on each side of the door so that it would be very dark in here, in there, as he um, walked around. Now, on top of the landing of the staircase, as you walk to the second floor, there was the big bathroom, which, of course, had double doors and you couldn't tell what it was. Right. Right after the attack, my my roommate Karen stumbled out into the hallway and was just standing there right next to our door Mm -hmm. when one of the sorority sisters came out of the bathroom and saw her standing there and turned her around and walked us back, walked her back into our bedroom. Uh, When she uh, laid her back down on her bed, she saw me and moaning and all the blood and everything, the blood everywhere. And she saw that Karen also had been attacked. When they um, when they saw this and put it together, they called nine one one, and that's when we got uh, medical help, and that's when the police showed up. So you're you're, you're taken for for medical help. He's on the loose. You, you from what my understanding is, um, you know, you 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 spend some time, but you have to go to an oral surgeon who has to break your jaw again, basically to reset it properly. And and, and yes, in Tallahassee. Yes, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, and so so, but at some point, you're asked to revisit the scene of the crime. Um, and and why was that? And what was that like? Before I left Tallahassee, I was in the hospital for about a week. They did wire my jaw shut um, at the first time I got I went in um, in surgery. The jo- uh, the doctors wired it shut, so now I can't speak and have this horrible horrible things to say and it was difficult to say anything Um, also I had almost bit my tongue off so that made communication even worse when I was leaving the hospital about a week later the police officers wanted me to go back to my sorority room and um, took me back there and it was so hard every step I took going up the stairway felt like I had weights on me the officers were on each side holding my arms and helping me walk up when I got to the hall, um, I noticed that Margaret's room, the first room on the left, had a crime scene tape with the door closed. And I looked to my right, and Lisa's room was the same way, crime scene tape. When I walked a couple steps further uh, and got to my door, it was covered in crime scene tape. It had several um, rolls of it uh, crossing the door. They opened the crime scene tape for me to walk in, and I stood there in our little room and looked, and there was blood everywhere. It was on the walls. It was on the ceiling. It was all over my new bedspread I had just gotten a couple weeks before. They asked me to look to see if anything was missing or stolen from my dresser or anything else in the room so that when they did find this person, they could tell if he had any trophies with him that sure. showed that he did come from our sorority house. Mm. And when I looked around, there was black fingerprint dust everywhere or blood. It was it was just horrific. Wow. Um, so I looked and I could I, I couldn't see anything missing. And I said, you know, no, I don't see anything. Kathy, over over the decades, uh, people have been fascinated by Ted Bundy, his story, as well as other serial killers and their whole mindset and what's wrong and why did they do this how do you feel about that as a direct victim to uh to ted bunny the 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 fascination behind this person ted bundy was very intelligent and he had a lot of knowledge of how the criminal system worked he showed and uh 
took care and, and dominated what he wanted people to see about him. He uh, was in control the whole time. And I think at that point, he um, he made himself look like the good boy mm-hmm. and blew himself up as far as his ego. Yeah. When they do make these films, um, just to tell you, I read every book I could find on Bundy after I was recuperating. I watched every story on him I could find, and I found that that helped me heal. Wow. Now, these movies coming up, um, I saw the uh, tapes that Netflix had, right. and it was the Bundy tapes. So that was his story. That showed from the beginning to the end of his life, which was just defined to him and was not a place for the victims to be brought up and talked about because it was his tapes. Now that the new movie's coming out, um, and they have Zach portraying Bundy, Bundy was a look at good-looking guy, and so is Zach. But I think because of his, um, his, he looked just like Bundy is why they put him in the part and casted him. And the way I understand it is the movie does glorify him and does show him as um, being, uh, you know, in the Republican Party and doing all this stuff. Right. But that's what Bundy wanted him to be portrayed as. Mm-hmm. But as the movie progresses since i haven't seen it yet i do hope there's a section on it that talks about his victims Mm -hmm. because that's really part of the big story that he killed so many women so many of them were so young and had lives ahead of them and dreams and bundy came in and just took that all away from them and also took them away from us uh, you, you, you're, it's astonishing that that you you um, you know so many people I think would would sort of um, run away from this. You you sort of uh, sought and did in fact obviously get um, uh, closure in exploring his his mindset. But you know your 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 life continues on after that. At one point, you you found yourself at a, as a bank teller staring down an armed robber um, and, and other things. I, I, I just I, I mean, I find it so impressive. Uh, you know, you're you're just an amazing woman. I would love to see your story committed to film and your story of survival, because I think it's just an incredibly amazing thing that you are able to be as uh, as together, as lucid and as upbeat as you are. And, and you're you're amazing. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. I do feel upbeat, and I I love life, and I'm looking forward to anything else that's happening. I'm a grandmother of two um, two kids and my son, and I have lupus, but none of this is going to define me. I don't want to be known as a survivor of Ted Bundy. I want to be known as someone who thrived in her life and did many things, had obstacles that she overcame, and just be known as a person who's looking forward to living more and enjoying life. Amazing. Excellent. Well, it's an inspiration. Kathy, thanks for sharing your story. We appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Take care. Kathy Kleiner, guys. Wow. What a story. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I I don't, you know, you have to be in awe of this woman to be that way, to be, you know, to embrace life in lieu of all that is happened to her well especially since it's not just uh you know she survived an attack she survived an attack from a guy who has who killed dozens of women yeah like uh, you know i mean like people didn't get away from him that's and and did wow the one she she, i was reading an accounting that she had given i I think it might have been to rolling stone um 
she was literally inches on the other side of a wall where the <laughs> one of the, the other girls was killed. So sure. this is all going on. Uh, and the fact that she read all the books and saw all the movies, yeah. you would think that someone would spend a lifetime trying to get away from that. Had to try to block it out. She, she ran to, at it. She, mm. she ran at it and used that. So good on her, man. Uh, the movie that Zac Efron uh, plays Ted Bunny in is called Extremely Wicked, Shockingly Evil, and Vile. Uh, I don't have the release date on that as of yet, but uh, wow, that's a, that's a pretty wild call. Okay, here we to wrap things up. Stay with us. We'll be right back. What's new? Glad you asked. Green Day. Sturgill Simpson. Papa Roach. New music. More of everything that rocks. On 93.3 WMMR. You know what? I, should I? Well, yeah. What, what do we got here? I legitimately noticed some things yesterday, and I would like to share these things that I noticed with you. The noticers noticed them legitimately. Yeah. And now he'll impart them to you. Sometimes. So you don't have to notice things. When they're not legitimately noticed, they're the junk drawer. But I noticed these. But so. he noticed these things. Yeah. He noticed that they weren't appropriate for the junk drawer. I noticed that Five Below made a big change yesterday. Did you guys see I that? I saw this. No, Doesn't happened? make sense. Uh, it's price point is going up after the first time in 17 years. No longer will the store, which is a bargain hunter's dream, only sell items priced at $5 and under. The store will be raising prices on certain items, including tech products and certain toys and games. But they have to change their name now. You can't be five below. They're not going to change. They're not going to change the name. So the bulk of the stuff they still say will be five below, but there will be some things that retail for five thousand dollars. Here's here's how they're getting that, Kathy. They're going to have an area called the Ten Below Gift Shop. Oh. Inside, okay. will there be like like a bouncer there, or like, yeah, yeah. like Studio Fifty Four, where you? I need yeah. to get in. No, I don't. Yeah, sure. So. Your credit card. Yes, yeah. let you yeah. sure, Are you sure you have ten dollars? Uh-huh. Are you a platinum member? <laughs> uh, for the toys and games priced <laughs> up to ten dollars, they will have that separate area of the store. All right, kids. Oh, I love- see. You want access to the ten dollars shop. <laughs> The kids love the Five Below. I think they like it more than the dollar, or at least my kids like it more than the dollar store. Yeah. yeah. Uh, unless you like votive candles. <laughs> the, uh, yeah, the Five Below is better, a better choice. Dollar store is a great place to go to for uh, cards, like birthday cards and all that sort of stuff. Oh. And uh, food past its eat date. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, well, Five Below is much more geared towards kids. Yes. Well, it's, the mm-hmm. entire store. It, and it's got a little bit of attitude yeah. to it. And the only thing that I can really buy at Five Below and not worry about the, you know, quote-unquote quality of it. Medicine. Like, no, <laughs> not medicine. <laughs> no, balls. Like, you know, footballs. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> testicles. Um, no, like, uh, there's some decent, you know, footballs, and I love those uh, giant tennis balls and stuff like that. Hula hoops, yeah. uh, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, there's the, the old sturdy go-tos. I'm not going there. Below. Yeah, I'm not going there for tech stuff. Or three-piece suits. No. Yeah. I've spoken on the show many times about my father's thriftiness over the years, yes. uh, but my mom surprised me with a fact the other day, and she goes to the dollar store for anything that's disposable. Anything. So toilet paper, paper plates. Really? Anything. Yeah, and so, and right. she saves a lot of money doing it. Instead of going to the grocery store, um, where you can obviously get those things, you save a few bucks by going to the dollar store. So, do you think if your if your dad really wanted to treat your mom to a night out, he'd take her to the ten dollar part <laughs> of the sign? <laughs> 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 Steve, yeah. 
so many layers to the story. Right. Right. Yes. Put oh on your God. best. We're going to the $10 department. I'll right. never forget we were at an event in the city, and your mom and dad were there, Nick, and I was just talking to your mom for a while. Oh, yeah, yeah, Eventually, yeah. your dad shows up. He's like, finally found a spot. <laughs> He was <laughs> driven around for blocks until he found a street spot. If today you asked him about that event, he would remember the parking spot more I'm than the sure. event itself. <laughs> By the way, sure. that is a com. Now this, is, this is not a, is we're not besmirching because I have Scottish in in me as well. I'm yeah. Scotch Irish. Uh, the frugal uh, frugal nature of the well, it's an interesting balance between being Scottish. frugal and thrifty and cheap. <laughs> and cheap, I think, is much more of a, a negative connotation because it means that you are, are inherently not generous. Right. If you're being thrifty. That doesn't necessarily mean you're not generous. That you're not generous. Right. Yes, um, two things about the dollar store. One, uh, if you ever go there and, and the butter popcorn is available, um, get the butter popcorn. Okay. It is, and Steve, I know you like popcorn. Yes. And, uh, you know that about me. You have been warned. Uh, secondly, I had a question about the toilet paper. Yeah. Um, how much are rolls of toilet paper at the dollar store? Like, they're not, they're not, it's not like a dollar a roll, is it's, it? It's because enough. that actually wouldn't be economical. No, it's enough that it's, it's, it's better than, uh, your, your department stores, your grocery stores. And so okay. for, for things that you're just not going to keep, you know, disposable things, uh, apparently the dollar store is the way to go. Any sort of gift wrapping and stuff like that too. Nick, I love your mother because I have a list of items that I will only buy at the dollar store. And it's like SOS pads. Uh, tin foil. Control. Tin foil. No, tin foil, aluminum foil. Dude, yes. yeah. Dude they have and pregnancy tests there, by do. the way. Really? At the dollar store. Don't you... ever buy a pregnancy test. Sure. Are you kidding? Steve, birth you control. Good pregnancy yeah. tests yes. at the dollar they store? They have pregnancy tests. And they also have drug tests. What is it? Just a guy sitting on a stool? Uh, yeah, you're pregnant. <laughs> so I'm, I was standing in line. It's and like, I, guess your weight. And I noticed Either that, that or every single one of them gives a positive yeah. result. It's it's a compressor. It's a magic eight ball. Uh, Maybe. Uh, well, so <laughs> what look is good? What the? I, and so I noticed, it and I said something to the lady behind me, like, and she said to me that you know what, like it's probably not a bad investment as your first pregnancy test, right? right? Let me just see. <laughs> Not like first ever, but yeah. like all right. Before I go and spend, it's your first opinion. I don't know how much your pregnancy test. Well, Marissa, expiry- you get them all the time, right? Um, <laughs> how much are they? I, there's an expiration be- date on those, though. Hold on, yeah, that holds no water at all. At what point do you go and get the real one after it says you're you're pregnant or not? Yeah, when it's a- Oh, you well, can't believe they do, either one of them. Yeah, but they do question, suggest that Preston. you take more than one as well. Right. But don't they, so like, don't they suggest you take more than one of legitimate yeah, tests as opposed saying. to one that you paid 40 cents for? Yeah, but yeah. Preston, that's a, that's a good question. What if it comes up negative on the dollar store pregnancy test? You're like, all right, well, I'm good. I don't have to invest in, uh, yeah. in a real so, pregnancy test. So nine test. months into your pregnancy, <laughs> no, I'm not pregnant. The dollar store test said I wasn't. I was always appalled by that, but I did hear from a friend who was trying to get pregnant. And pregnancy tests, I think, are pretty expensive. Like ten bucks or something. Oh like no, that. way more. Oh, way more. They, like, how if, much are if, they? Like some of the good ones and like oh. the ovulating tests, like they can be expensive. So if you're doing a couple of those every month, maybe go get the dollar store one. As like, oh wait, this might be the month. And I don't know. I'm your tester one. I'm not buying anything like that at Five Below or the dollar store. <laughs> the only thing I buy at the dollar store are like decorations if they're good, or like vases if I'm planning a party and I need okay. twenty of them. Right, 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 right. right. Anything you need. But listen, pregnancy tests. Try. What about drug tests? No, no, I'm not buying anything like that. No food, nothing. What about EpiPens? No. <laughs> right? You buy them like a gross of EpiPens for 50 cents. Yeah, there's kind of like, a, there's a certain line in the dollar store that I don't cross, and that's like where all the... the Diabetes groceries, drugs? The, no, the groceries and stuff like that. There are, you know, there's... 
gift yeah, wrapping. Yeah, but the sponges and, and stuff like that are too. They yeah. fall apart after like a day. No, it's not a steak. It's a stirk. <laughs> right. we, we have a lot of people texting in that saying the dollar store pregnancy tests are spot on. That they're really? Kind of the no same way. ones that are used in clinics and hospitals. Fertility clinics and hospitals this is what people are saying on the text messages. So I, I don't know. Those are the Joe Namath pregnancy tests. The Joe Namath pregnancy tests. Uh, yeah, interesting. I don't know. I, I wouldn't have thought. <laughs> Hang hey. on, here we go. Here, now let's go to let's go to Jason. Hi, Jason. Good morning. Good morning. How are you guys? Great. What's up, buddy? Uh, not much. Me and my wife have three kids, and we bought three times at the dollar dollar store, and they all they're the same ones that we got at the local hospital before uh, they give you the blood test. Is that right? So you're 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 confident, and they were right, obviously, all three times. Then yeah, I have three blessings at home. All right, well, good, well, good for you. Aww. Congratulations! Uh, and, and it only cost you three dollars. <laughs> <laughs> well, it cost me more than three dollars. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Thanks, Jason. What case? Uh, so USA Today has a uh, little study on these home pregnancy tests. All right. It says here, so are dollar pregnancy tests accurate? The answer is yes. Yes, they are. The Food and Drug Administration regulates home pregnancy tests, meaning that it, if it's sold in the U.S., then it's the real deal. Okay, but why is it being offered in the dollar store? There's Cheaper. a reason. But yeah, but there's a reason that those those products are placed in the dollar store. The same reason why there are products placed in TJ Maxx, Ross discount stores. So they here's don't the deal. Sell. So why are these not selling? If that's the case, why, why are they in the dollar my store? My guess my is it, perhaps it's the way. I don't know what the, the packaging is like, but it's like, uh, you know, when they used to have the uh, generic brands in the supermarket, they'd be the same stuff a lot of times. Mm. Is it overstock? Like overstock? Mate, right, like that. That's what I mean. Is is that the answer? Is it overstock and and it just wasn't selling at Target, Walmart, places like that, and yeah. that's why it's now at the dollar store? Um, that's a good question, but also just material wise, like, are they how much are they making per pregnancy test? If they're selling it for a dollar, yeah, it says right. here dollar one dollar, tax, one yeah. step pregnancy test, one dollar. And that's at the dollar store. Yeah, wow. and the reviews are, uh, it's almost a five-star review after 50. It's actually just a piece of beef jerky pressed. Oh, is that pretty- <laughs> <laughs> You just piss on a piece of beef jerky. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, if you're it, pregnant. If it, if it turns, <laughs> okay. Yeah. I'm going to go to Erica. really brown, you're pregnant. Erica, good morning. Good morning. You guys rock. Thank oh. you. All right, so you have a friend that buys dollar store pregnancy tests? Yes, I have two friends. One has two babies, and she convinced my other friend to start buying them from the dollar store, and they both are uh, avid users. So when they were so avid users, <laughs> avid users. <laughs> we it's our favorite pregnancy test. Let, let me ask you. So they're they're very happy with the results, and and uh, did were they one and done? In other words, they used the test once. Uh, did they do it twice? Uh, you know, I'm not familiar with pregnancy tests, so they were confident with the results. Well, they use the same one for each pregnancy. Okay. Just kidding. Um, no, they you know, they use the same dollar store brand every pregnancy. This uh, the the one who's trying to get pregnant, she has a stockpile. All right, it, it's weird because I don't I don't under, fully understand. Yeah. Uh, like to Kathy's point, why one would be and 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 maybe you understand this, uh, Erica. Why in in a in another store you'd pay fifteen dollars because people will pay fifteen dollars. That's the thing. No, you know, no, what? no, no. There's a reason that they're placed. No, at I the know dollar that. Store. Um, but it says uh, here on on our call screener, Thanks, Erica, Erica, that you said that the tests are awkward. What do you mean by that? The dollar store one is a little different process as to how you get the pee to the stick. I'm not one hundred percent sure. I think it was either peeing directly or having to dip it in a cup. 
it, it doesn't provide a car. I see. Okay, so maybe, maybe that's, maybe that's, that's it. Yeah, the, the other one comes with Steve. a goblet. Yeah, you have to piss on your hands. <laughs> you piss on your hands. And then you yeah. rub the stick in You've your hands. You've got to put hands. the stick in your teeth and <laughs> bob into the toilet. Yeah. Well, she has, she's afraid to tell her husband that she's peeing in one of their regular used cups. You have to poop Steve. on it. You have to. You have to lay. You have to put it in, in your teeth. Yeah. Lay on your back. Yeah, and, have and hike your, your yes, uh, your your hips up in the air. Yeah. and try and hit it. That's why it costs a dollar. You have to be a squirter. <laughs> oh my god! This is the only one that squirted. I'll tell you this though, uh, that would make sense. So it doesn't come with a cup apparatus or something. So you you have to hold it physically in the pee stream. All right, so, America, that makes I got, sense. I got somebody, four reasons. I'm sorry, Kath. No, I was going to say, somebody texted me. I, I don't know if this is the case, but um, he claims that they're buying such mass amounts, you know, the massive volumes, yeah. um, that it only costs them cents to That's get. part of it. Okay. So uh, they sell smaller quantities, like with the product itself is, is smaller in quantity. They carry their own labels. So uh, that has a lot to do with it. They, that the helps. Stuff, stuff that ends up in the dollar store is from the dollar store label, All right. private label, label merchandise. Uh, items are cheaply made, which also makes sense. Volume discounts, which is what you were talking about. And this one's going to make you really thrilled, Kathy. Your purchase could have toxic, toxic chemicals. <laughs> so some of the stuff that they sell... It's made in China with, like, lead paint. Exactly. That's not necessarily pregnancy test, but it could be any product. Just products, yes. Okay. Hang on, Eric... Worked in retail, so right. he's an expert. Please. Let's see what that's all about. <laughs> so are but we. You, you fold, yeah. fold the stuff at the gap, so he's going to tell us what's going on. Hey, hi, Eric, you're on the air. How are you doing, guys? Good. So what did you do in retail so we know of your qualifications here, sir? So I used to be a grocery store manager for okay. a long time. And working with the retailers, um, you know, you go to the, uh, the shows and the expos and you see all the big manufacturers and they have all their fancy products laid out and samples. At the end of the day, what happens is um, a lot of the companies, large companies, like the ones that make those type of products, make a ginormous amount. Now, they make it across the board. They have multiple labels that they put on it. I'll give an example. Hers, for instance, potato chips. They make potato chips not only for hers. They make potato chips for... Costco, they just put a different label on it. Yeah, this is a common practice. So, like, like the like the 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 store brand of a particular place will be might be made by uh, another another company that you're more familiar with, and and so they offer those at a discounted price. Correct? Yes, that's correct. And the idea is that overall, when they make them across the board that way, instead of them not making any money on product that's going to go. To, you know, they'd have to dispose of it, obviously, at a certain amount of shelf life right. after that. So to save that, they just put multiple labels. So label it or, or, or sell it to different companies, say the dollar stores, the, the, the Donald Generals or whatever they're called or, you know, Corner Dollar or whatever the case may be. And those guys still make something rather than at least nothing. Right. It's not a total loss. So it's the exact same product being sold for much less. Correct. Correct. Okay. All right. Mm. All right. So that's uh, your pregnancy test then, if you don't mind running the risk of some sort of toxic chemicals. But Eric, right. might these... Right. You might... can get your orange juice and your pregnancy test at the same place. Right. Yeah. But yeah. might these be, they, they, uh, they're closer to their shelf life ending and you need to get them quickly? Is that... Uh, part no, of it? I don't. I don't think that that's the. Uh, that's not usually the case because mm. uh, shelf life is is, is um, 
those are all FDA um, rules you have to meet in right. order to produce a product no, um, yeah. in the U.S. Okay. All right. I, I got you. All right. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah, Eric. no worries. <clears throat> so, same thing. Uh, interesting. Interesting. Yeah. But, I mean, there's some... Listen, at the dollar store, you did get some lesser quality things yes. for what right. you're paying. Well, you're right. sure, that's you the I mean? perception. Yeah. You're, yeah. Not, you're not getting premium stuff, but you're getting... It's where you go Usable to get your... Use, like, like Nick's yeah. mom doing stuff that's disposable. Right? Yeah, exactly. Plant, you know, paper cups. Pregnancy tests. Pregnancy tests. Stuff like that. New car. New yeah. car, yeah. So kind of what I'm understanding here right now is that uh, you shouldn't pay $10 for something at the $5 store. Well, who knows? Maybe you're getting well, maybe you're getting the designers in the ten dollars section. <laughs> the designer, yeah. So here, here's the deal. They're also going to have a, how we got started on this was five below is also going to have some products that are ten and ten and below range, but they're going to be in the special ten below gift shop for electronics. They're adding a section called ten below tech. Uh, so you can buy, you know. Like Bluetooth speakers and things like that. <laughs> like a ten dollar uh, Bluetooth keyboard. Ones. Yeah, yeah. Uh, here is uh, this is an iron lung for nine dollars. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, yeah. that's iron. Steel. Yeah. Are, are any, Steve, I mean, I know that. <laughs> Not you have ever your preferences in my wild. <laughs> okay. Ever. Would you ever get a Bluetooth speaker from a place like no? That? Okay. No, and never, never. <laughs> Let me go to some other calls here about the pregnancy test, because some are swearing by the dollar store pregnancy test. I'm going to Jen. Hey, Jen, you're on the air. Good morning. Hi. Oh, my God. Love you guys. <laughs> oh, oh, thank, thank you, Jen. You. What's up? Okay. So, I'm telling you, I tell everybody who who scoffs about these dollar store tests, they are the real deal, okay? <laughs> I know, because um, my husband and I went through infertility, okay? My twins are now nine. Wow. And then we had a, a little surprise, too. But... During that time, we used a lot of pregnancy tests, okay? So then we did IVF, had the, uh, two embryos implanted, and not kidding you, like, I tried out the pregnancy test, like, a couple days later. Like, you're not supposed to try so early because it's not supposed to show up. And it showed up that I was pregnant, like, way earlier than, you know, the pregnancy tests are supposed to mm-hmm. show you. So, I, I, I mean, they, they really worked. Like, I, So I you're saying you got, you got very, you got, even before you were technically were supposed to use them, they gave you an accurate yeah. result. Yeah, like they, they tell you, you know how they tell you to, to use it, uh, you know, um, w- around the time you would miss your period. Well, I used it even sooner because I knew I had the embryos. I was like, all right, let me see. Did they take? Did the IVF work? L- and l- it worked. Let me ask you, Jen, did you have to, did you have to, like, it didn't come with a cup. Did you have to just hold it in the pee stream or was it? Um, you know, I think what they were talking about, yeah, it doesn't have, it's not like so nicely packaged right. like the ones you get, you know, the first response and, you know, all that. It's, it's. It's bare bones kind of stuff. It just rattles around in the box, right? <laughs> <laughs> just chucked in there. Works. Yeah, but, but it works. Weird. That's all that matters, yeah. and it worked for you. And, and now you have your, uh, your, your your blessing. So that's right. awesome. Well, thank I you. I do. I do. I have three blessings. Oh, three. Well, there you go. Congratulations. Thank you, Jen. Yes. Appreciate it. But somebody was texting and saying you can get the same thing at Walmart for eighty-eight cents. Wow, man! It's like even cheaper at other places and live bait. Uh, as well, yeah. Bonus. Uh, is my bait pregnant? Hang on, let me let me go to Kate here. Hi, Kate. Good morning. Hey, good morning. How hey, you doing? good. So you've done the pregnancy tests? Yes, absolutely. So I buy pregnancy tests on Amazon. Um, I buy this brand that's called Wanfo. But basically, you can get like twenty five tests for like fifteen dollars, and they also do this with the ovulation test. Partay. Wow. Yes. So what the test actually is, it's a small piece of paper that's about the length of a Q-tip. So it's not wrapped in plastic. You do have to dip it into a cup of urine so it's not as fancy. 
But I mean, if you take apart one of the, you know, $15 pregnancy tests, if you pop it open, it's the exact same piece of paper oh, inside of it. Okay. All right. Uh, interesting. So, All right. So 25 tests for $15. What am I bid? What am yeah. I bid? I have a great idea. Thank you, by the way, Kate. So how about this? Instead of the world's largest gender there. reveal party, <laughs> we do the world's biggest pregnancy test party. Yes. We'll pay for all of them. We'll let you piss all over we the get, place. We can get twenty five for fifteen bucks. We'll get. We'll get. Honestly, we could do that. That's our fallback plan. We'll shut out all the guys out of the tent, and we'll just, just have to let people pee in the tent. Hey, absolutely, why not? It's on, we it's do on asphalt. We can squeegee well, no. it out of there. Let's go to the dollar store and get some dollar buckets. It, we can do that too. I love where this hike is going. Up your, yeah. Hike up, and we can play hike up your skirt a little more, more yeah. and show me if you're pregnant or not. <laughs> I was in for the gender reveal. I'm not, I don't know if I'm. No? Uh, nah, I'm not in for this. What if everybody found out they were pregnant? How beautiful oh my that God. is. Here, so here's exciting. the thing. It's a Preston. miracle of life. We'll have the dad's piano too, just to, so, so okay, it's fair. Sure. Just to, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. So let's, I like right, this. Maybe we need to think about this. So this is—is is this technically litmus paper? Maybe we need to think about. Yeah. It. No, it's not litmus paper. Is it, it? seems like it. Well, so, so all right. Now we need a, thing now we need a chemist in that oh, man. In that school. We have, oh, we have one. Oh, yes, I'm sorry. <laughs> we have a lab scientist. Hey, uh, it's Casey. I'm a lab scientist. Hi, Chrissy. Good morning. Hi. Good morning. Hi. It says here you're a lab scientist. Yes, I'm a certified medical lab technologist. Okay. I do this testing all day long. Can we? Can um, you answer Steve's question first? Is it? It's not litmus paper, is it? No, 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 not okay. at all. Is it newspaper? Litmus mm-hmm. paper tests the acidity, doesn't it? I don't know. Yeah. I'm very law. Alkal- alkalinity <laughs> versus acidity. I don't know. All right, Chrissy, go ahead. What were you going to tell us? So in the in the laboratory, I work in a hospital setting. Um, the pregnancy tests that we use are sensitive down to 25 micrograms. Um, it's an insanely small amount. Um, it can basically pick up that you're positive for pregnancy uh, about a week or two after you can actually become pregnant, before you would even miss your first period sometimes. Wow, wow. A week or right. Two. Um, and I did see these in the dollar store years ago, and I, I stopped short. I couldn't believe it. But I did pick up the product, and I read everything on it, and they are the exact same sensitivity that we use in the laboratory, wow. 25 micrograms. Okay. Yes. Okay. So it's the same. It's not like a novelty where if you pull on it, it snaps your thumb. One of those things. No. So no. I know what Casey um, was just thinking out loud a week or two. So if you have unprotected sex today, yes, we could get you could come tests. down <laughs> to the camp out for hunger, and we could test you and have an accurate reading. I mean, or not. come on, from dollar yes. store, tests. please. Yeah, mm-hmm. leave two lines open to see if somebody would be in for that. <laughs> please. All right, let me ask you, uh, uh, since uh, Chrissy, since you're a lab scientist, if you were to have it. If you were to have unprotected sex in the parking lot of the Camp Out for Hunger the morning of, we could reveal it at the Christmas Miracle. <laughs> All right. We, I, guess, I guess you need, you need yeah. a little bit of time. Yeah, All right, it's, I got it's you. a little gestation. Period. And we want, we want, really, we want, you know, technically we would want children born of love and not a contest. So, Chrissy, you're saying that these, <laughs> these, uh, these very, very cheap pregnancy tests are the real deal then? Yeah. And, and to go further on that, the reason they cost a dollar or they're so cheap, um, is again because it's no frills, it's volume discount. And just as a reference, I mean, years ago I had a pregnancy test done, and I got the billing back from the laboratory, and they charged me seventy-two dollars. I had, I have insurance. I worked for that hospital, and it was a seventy-two dollar test. For, um, so you out of your, that out of your pocket, test. or do you have a cheaper copay, or what? 
no, that's what the insurance insurance um, paid for. So a, a buck from the right. dollar store and seventy two oh. bucks through the hospital, yeah. which is Jesus. ridiculous. That is ridiculous. It is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I'm still interesting. Okay. So I'm still people not, that don't, I'm not buying it. Thanks, Chrissy. People that don't have insurance, you know, a yeah. dollar is a dollar. Oh, my works. God, yes. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Uh, you can buy, give them his party favors. And get some Mylar balloons while you're there. Absolutely. <laughs> and some live bait. Thank Listen, you, Chrissy. Yeah, that is something that the dollar store, I mean, that yeah, that the dollar store is great for when uh, Party City and those places run out of helium because there's been a helium shortage for so long. Yeah. You can go to the dollar store and they also have helium and they will blow your balloons up for a dollar. <laughs> Pregnancy balloons, Preston. It's the latest rage. Yep. Yeah. Uh, wow, this is all very eye-opening. I, I, yes, and the vaginal. Uh, what, the, the, yeah. Yes, yes. We got to say that. Clinical. By the way, there's a vagina museum that opened up recently. Where? Hello. This place is huge. I could even hear Kathy laugh. That was that. good. That was the only funny thing Casey said all week. <laughs> it's only Tuesday. Oh, damn it. Uh, that's something funny yesterday. Let's see where that <laughs> vagina museum. What's this around the door? Oh, that's hair. Oh. <laughs> you walk through the hairy door. Oh, oh, you, know what, you know what the doorbell does, right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but you got to keep pushing. Oh, yeah. Over yeah. And over Sometimes and you can't over. find Sometimes the doorbell. <laughs> duck down, your your head will hit that bump. Oh my god! Uh, it's in London. Okay, the Vagina Museum. Uh, this place is sopping wet. Is opening. God almighty! Yeah. You started it. It's your fault. Uh, you have to ask. A woman named Florence uh, Schechter discovered that Iceland had a penis museum. And she felt that there needs to be a vagina museum. This place is really wild. Um, in fact, what it's... What are all the cats doing in here? It's oh a different God. proposition to the penis museum. Uh, she said, that's kind of novelty. Penises and jars. Uh, we're going to be much more thoughtful and actually explore the topic. I don't think anyone wants to see vaginas in jars. Uh, first up, a no... <laughs> Yeah, no. that's weird. That's that's uh, Hannibal Lecter territory. This is really wild. <laughs> oh, look, Charles. A note on the name. Uh, Schechter acknowledges the frustration in how the word vagina is often used when people are really talking about the external vulva. Uh, but they. Um, and they needed she must a term. Be a gas at parties. They needed a uh, a term that people were already familiar with. A lot of people, she said, don't know the word vulva, and people are not going to engage with something that they don't know. Sadly, attendance hasn't been that good at the butthole museum. <laughs> <laughs> it's just not a popular attraction. Where's the entrance? <laughs> Round back. <Okay>. Butthole. <laughs> Uh, but it says a vagina museum is frankly more... Well, go around back and check out the butthole museum. Frankly more. <laughs> 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 this place stinks. Uh, the museum will look at the entire gynecological anatomy, the inside... Can't you just look at a book? ...as well as the outside and consider its representation in culture and history... But the fact a vagina museum needs a bit of a glossary in the first place is proof of its purpose, she says. Everybody get on the vagina rail. (laughs) That's what takes you around? It's a small vagina (laughs) vagina rail. Wow. It's a gaping butthole after. Uh, Apparently we... All right, here we go. (laughs) 
right. Whee! Uh, we are still crushingly bad about talking about all the bits between women's legs. So you need a museum for that? Often ignorant of euphemistic, vague, or embarrassed. I think we're treating it in a proper fashion. Even when we have a vagina ourselves. Well, I don't, but uh, I can yeah. access one. A wider culture uh, uh, and, and wider culture attitudes. <laughs> Look at this vagina! This thing's huge! Uh, You're not approaching it with the reverence we'd intended. It says here, and and wider culture attitudes to them run the gamut of sniggering, uh, cons- consorious. I don't know. What that, oh, censorious. Sorry about that. Oh. <laughs> S- censoring. I thought I that was the, uh, the bartender at the uh, censorious Star Wars bar. Uh, your name is censorious. Please t- top off vagina faces drink. <laughs> That's right, there was yeah. a vagina. Yeah, there was. Your face. It looks like a vagina. <laughs> and your friend looks like a bottle. <laughs> Whack that. It says a gamut of sniggering, sensor- censorious, disgusted, objectifying, or actively oppressive about the vag. Okay, we're looking at a... It simply looks like really pretty much like a bookstore. Yeah, is it looks what pretty it is. boring. It doesn't look like what you'd want, like rides and stuff like that. You right. know, E.T. waves goodbye to you at the thing. You, you'd want that. Yeah, or, you know... Or, or, you know. Hope you had a good time. <laughs> Did you enjoy the vaginas? So many vaginas. I mean... He's got those huge uh, fingers. Oh, no. Dude. I'll be right here. <laughs> right there. That little bump right there. That's where I'll be. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> wow. Okay. Anyway, Five Blows is going to be charging yeah. more money. <laughs> Wait a second. Now you're going back? <laughs> well, I, I never really left. We never I mean, left. We were, we you got... never left. All you had to do is click your vaginas together three times. We're going home. So exciting. We yeah. took a wonderful journey there through space and time. Yeah, we did. I don't even know where to go after this. Uh, if you could sing. Maybe take a break, I guess. Yeah. Do that very do thing. That. This is a great idea. Somebody suggested uh, a a giant vagina like the heart at the Franklin Institute. Something yeah. you can walk through. You get to well, they have the, 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 colon. the colon. Yeah, they got the brain at the Franklin Institute now, too. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. Absolutely. That's different than the vagina and butthole. It is. <laughs> Say that again. Uh, that was, that was, no, it was clean. It was clean. It was clean. Attention, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. The butthole is closing in five minutes. The butthole is closing in five minutes. Is that for people who want to get it or yeah, people yeah, who want to yeah. get out? <laughs> the butthole is puckering up in five minutes. The butthole is puckering up in five minutes. For some customers, it's it's always closed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tomorrow the butthole will reopen at 9 a.m. <laughs> oh, our interns aren't even cracking a smile out there. Oh, good God. Okay. Uh, yeah, Casey's ra- giving me the wrap it up signal. Sorry, dudes. Gonna, no, it's all it's all good. I should. Uh, That's probably best. <laughs> uh, that was kind of the noticer. We yeah. could do more noticer because I've only noticed one thing, really. I don't really so. know what the hell that. Yeah, we'll we'll take we'll take a break and we'll be right back. Stay with us. 
Love Preston and Steve and WMMR? Check out WMMR.com for more of everything that rocks. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Now, WMMR presents Preston and Steve's Bizarre Final. An absent-minded cardiologist left a 57-inch metal wire inside the body of a decorated Air Force veteran who didn't even realize something was wrong until 10 years later. Oh 10 God. years after the fact. 57-inch long. Wow. Yeah, wire, uh, uh, metal wire. Uh, the guy's name is German Ortiz. He moved to Las Vegas after spending 22 years in the Air Force. He learned in 2015 after an X-ray ahead of surgery to clear some blood clots that a wire was running inside his body all the way from his aorta to his thigh. He wondered Oof. why he was able to stream the show on his colon. <laughs> yeah. Ortiz's attorney, James Jimerson, uh, set, laid out the vet's claim to a jury Tuesdays. Uh, to uh, I'm sorry, during the opening statements of the medical malpractice trial expected to last a week. Ortiz is seeking damages of about $800,000 from cardiologist Mark Taylor. All right, so what happens? This guy obviously doesn't know it's in his body. No. What, ha- what happens if... He then has to have an MRI. You know how they always have you remove right. all the metal and stuff like that? That is a, an incredibly good question because yeah. that... Would that suck it out of his body? Well, I don't it would, know. Like, they would... I don't know. It can cause problems, definitely. Ortiz was rushed to a hospital in 2005 for shortness of breath, and doctors later determined he had congestive heart failure, which necessitated an angiogram. Uh, Jimerson explained that the wire served as a guide for the catheter and kept the device stiff as it was inserted through... Ortiz's bloodstream through Jesus. the angioplasty, but the guide wire was left behind when the catheter was removed. How do you miss that? Doctors removed the majority of the wire from Ortiz's body last year during a heart procedure, but 20-inch section still remains in his thigh, so they are suing. A four-year-old boy craving candy was somehow able to hop into his great-grandfather's vehicle and make a mile-and-a-half trek to a convenience store. Four Years old. It's an enterprising uh, little kid. Wednesday, police and family recounted how the young boy was able to make the trip during rush hour. The boy, named Sebastian, seemed to know everything about his great grandfather's Hyundai Santa Fe. Tuesday morning, standard. at about, about, about eight thirty, Sebastian put a real scare into his family when he took off in the SUV. Sebastian demonstrated how he pulled it off. Uh, using great-grandpa Roy's walker to grab the keys from the wall hooks. Wow. And then no one was watching. He bounded <laughs> into the driver's seat and took off. He, the, the, uh, his great-grandfather said he watches everything people do, and he'll repeat it. Uh, from great-grandpa's house, Sebastian stretched his tiny body, his eyes barely able to see above the steering wheel, and took off. He backed out of the driveway. This kid backed out of the driveway. So you have the makings of another catch me if you can here. Uh, Headed through some winding neighborhood streets before turning left onto incredibly busy four-lane University Avenue at the heart of the morning rush. From there, witnesses reported that he drove erratically along University Avenue at speeds of 10 to 15 miles per hour before getting the Santa Fe safely into the gas station parking lot. (laughs) where police quickly met up with him. A four-year-old. The police captain said, I've never seen a driver this young before operating a vehicle. And while Sebastian navigated his candy store run, there were some bumps in the road, including mailboxes. <laughs> he also dinged a tree. In fact, uh, they found that a portion of the vehicle's bumper uh, at a neighbor's house. Uh, thankfully, no one was seriously injured in Sebastian's remarkable ride. 
but there are some serious lessons for him and his family, including plans to lock up the keys going forward and to keep a closer eye on the young man. Listen, if you found out years ago that uh, like a four-year-old could drive to the convenience store and you were feeling like lazy one day, yeah, <laughs> you- I'll buy a few flies. <laughs> yeah. Go make a run. <laughs> A chase suspect is in custody after attempting to flee from authorities while trapped in a mobile home park Wednesday night. And it's funny what ended up happening. Few residents appeared to be outside their homes as a suspect drove at speeds uh, above 30 miles an hour in the narrow, dark roadways. Now, the chase reportedly started shortly after 9 p.m. after a report of a stolen SUV. Spike strips were deployed more than once inside the mobile complex, and they did not appear to impact the SUV for about an hour. So this guy was driving 30 miles an hour through a, a mobile home park yes. for an hour nonstop. Really? Yeah, around and around and around. After he, a while, doesn't it get boring? Uh, the suspect continued going in circles. Authorities blocked all exits and entrances to the mobile home park. Why didn't, why didn't you just stop? Uh, the suspect kept driving around patrol vehicles that were attempting to trap the car after several spike strip deployments. The SUV finally gave in when one of its tires rolled off of it and into the front yard of a mobile home. Ah, hell. Uh, The suspect quickly put his hands up outside of the SUV, surrendered to police, and was taken into custody without incident. I love this story. Steve got me this one this morning. A Mariah Carey fan (laughs) who requested a birthday cake emblazoned with the pop princess uh, with her face. She wanted Mariah Carey's face on it. Instead was presented one featuring Mary Curie. No. Yes. (laughs) Oh my Madam God! Madame Curie is yes. on the big on her cake. The blunder confused the "All I Want for Christmas Is You" <laughs> hitmaker with the Nobel Prize-winning Polish physicist. <laughs> I mean, it's why did no one at the cake place say really? Although the singer <laughs> spell that for me, yeah, recorded a number one album called E Equals M C Squared. She and the science pioneer are practically polar opposites. Yet the similarity of their names caused enough confusion to see the baffled birthday girl. Tuck into the face of an elderly and solemn-looking Curie rather than her Grammy-winning idol. Man, Mariah Carey looks terrible. Uh, The mix-up went viral on social media when recipients of uh, the cousin tweeted a picture of the cake. Uh, Harriet Alida Lai wrote, My cousin in England told her colleagues she wanted a Mariah Carey birthday cake. They misunderstood, and is the cake they made? This is the cake they made for her instead. It's Marie Curie, looking very festive. I wonder where they even got you know, because the picture looks like it was just made for a cake. I mean, you know, because they usually do, they find like a, a suitable picture and then they they, just, they poured it right onto the uh, right the fondant. But mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's like the most cake appropriate Madame Curie picture I've ever seen. Uh, social media reacted spectacular fashion, spectacularly in a spectacular fashion, and the post has been retweeted uh, <laughs> forty thousand times. So it's more famous than it would have been the other way. Some users suggested the cake had actually been improved with a picture of such an influential <laughs> and accomplished scientist. So she ended up with that. And there you go. That's what I have in the bizarre file for now. All right, we're going to take a break. We'll be back in just a moment. What's new? Glad you asked. Highly suspect. Ozzy Osbourne. The Who, featuring Ashes to New. New music, more of everything that rocks. On 93.3 WNMR. 
the trash business is a gold mine. 93.3 WMMR with Preston and Steve's Hollywood Trash. What's going on this morning, Steve? Well, pitch owner Robert Kraft claiming police surveillance footage showing him inside a Florida massage parlor was gotten with an unlawful search warrant. Kraft says the whole thing rubs him the wrong way. <laughs> <laughs> A new book revealing behind-the-scenes stories from The View claiming that Rosie O'Donnell and Kelly Ripa had uh, been in a feud since 2006. Apparently, O'Donnell believes Ripa made a veiled homophobic remark about Clay Aiken, while Ripa believes O'Donnell is a talking Clydesdale. <laughs> oh, my God. And finally, 15 years after Roy Horn of Siegfried and Roy was attacked on a Las Vegas stage by one of their performing Tigers, a former employee has come forth to take some of the blame. Tiger trainer Chris Lawrence says that while Horn made the mistake of not spending enough time with the Tigers, he made a mistake by gifting Roy with a raw chicken necklace. Oh. <laughs> and that's your Hollywood trash. WWE Extreme Rules is taking place. <laughs> and our next guest is going to be in a winner's... Take all mixed tag team match. Please welcome Baron Corbin. Yeah. Hello, hello, to hello. The show this morning. How you doing, Baron? I'm quite well. How about yourself? Doing very well, thank you. I'm playing music from uh, from Bad Wolves. Okay, because I know my that boy uh, Tommy Vex. Yeah, Tommy wrote your your intro music, yes. right? Yes, he's a good friend of mine. How do you How do you guys know each other? So I met Tommy a long time ago uh, on tour. He was touring with a band that I was hanging out with in this moment. And uh, yeah, uh, I know yeah. 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 Yeah, I dated Maria for like three years, so we we uh, were on tour together, and Tommy was doing a song with her, and we just became friends, going to the gym every day, and uh, you know having a lot of fun, and we stayed in touch uh, over the years. And when I got an opportunity to get an artist, I you know I reached out to a few friends, Lejean from Seven Dust, Tommy, Corey Taylor, wow. and, and Tommy worked out well because he he hadn't signed with uh, Zoltan's label yet with Bad mm-hmm. Wolves, mm-hmm. and so it, it was a, a really cool opportunity. And you know Corey Taylor as well? I do, I do. He's a great guy. We've had some altercations as well. <laughs> oh, really? A lot of fun. Yeah, we were at uh, Aftershock in California doing a show, and, and he punched me pretty good from the uh, the stands. It was awesome. <laughs> he's he's a kind of a renaissance guy. He's got, yeah. he's got a lot of interests. Yes, which he, is really he's cool. awesome. And just wicked smart. He's one yeah. of those guys that yeah. knows all the information about just random things. And you wonder, like... Oh, there, there's a clip playing of it right oh, now. Oh, no way. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Oh, he got you good. I, I know. I told him, uh, his wife at the time, I said, if he doesn't hit me uh, good, then I was going to get his wife out there to do it. And, <laughs> and so he swung, he swung for the fences. Wow. In this footage, you had really long hair at yeah, the time. Yeah. I finally got to cut all that off. Is Honestly, it, don't you like this better? Uh, it's so much better for Honestly, so many reasons, though. Yeah. Like, going to the gym now, it's not in my face nonstop. Sleeping and, and showering and everything is better. And don't you love the way the pillow feels yes, in your head at night? It's the best. <laughs> Especially when you fresh cut it. You fresh uh, cut. You know it. You know what you're talking yes, about. Yeah. Yes. And, and in fighting, too, in wrestling, that's a, that's a handle. Somebody it is. Yeah. It is. Yeah, it's crazy how people just grab onto it and rip you in a different direction. It's not mm-hmm. a lot of fun. That's why yeah. they say you shouldn't have a cape and you shouldn't have your... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> cape, capes are all bad. <laughs> I mean, they're working out for Batman. I see all the Batman figures around yeah. here. Batman yeah. Batman makes it work. Yeah, different yeah. case. So you, you have a, a long and storied, um, you know, just sports career in general. You played in the NFL. Uh, and Two teams, right? You were the Colts yeah. and... Yeah, um, so Arizona, Arizona and Indy. Yeah. I was with the Indy only about six months and then about two and a half years in Arizona. Yeah, did, did, you, did you love it? Was it not what you had hoped it would be? So, I mean, I think 
the game of football for me was okay. I just loved running people over, and yeah. I loved that that competition. I was an offensive lineman, and you know everybody's like, "Well, why don't you want to be a D lineman or a tight end?" Because the way I was built, and I was like, "Well, as an O lineman, I have eleven targets on every play. I get to, <laughs> you know, I can potentially hit eleven people." So I just I love the physicality of the game, yeah, um, and I love the the team family aspect of it when you're in college. Where'd you go um, to college, by the way? Northwest Missouri State, D2 okay. school. Um, you're from Kansas, right? I'm from Kansas yep. City, yeah. And uh, so I love that about football. Then when you get to the pros, it, it's a business. You know, you come in on Wednesday and the dude's locker's cleaned out next to you. So it's like, you don't you don't build those relationships. It becomes yeah. kind of a job. You must have dominated in college then. I mean, in Crushed order to, people. Yeah. Just no, no. took their hope to play football away. Yeah. Because if you're turning heads at that D2 level to yeah. make it at the, at the and, pro level. Like, and, I, and I was, I, I was a dude, I was, you know, 320 pounds in college. I was running sub 540, benching over 500. Dear like, God. I was a monster. I think I just was kind of a, I always had size, but I don't think my athletic ability caught up to me until about my senior year of high school. Um, when I started boxing, when I really kind of got that that ability had, to connect with my size, you had to cut down for boxing, right? Yeah, um, not really, because it was it was two hundred and one and up. So it was wow. just it was a unfortunate day for some guys that were like two ten. Um, I was watching a documentary about uh, they got dude Butterbean. Oh but, yeah, and Butterbean was a, was uh, was just a fight. Yeah. Just a rock, dude. He had he had, he had about three rounds of gas in him, and that was about <laughs> that was it. it. Yeah. Was that you in the ring, or did you have any no? Gas? I, I could go because um, yeah. when I was fighting competitively, when I was doing the gloves and stuff, I was about two eighty five, two ninety, and it was always great because the gloves would in. Then I'd be going to training camp for college football, so I could just we do the conditioning test, and I would laugh at it. Like it was <laughs> it was one of those things. But but yeah, coming out of college, it, it was a little hard too because um, pro scouts would be like, man, if you were a D one guy. You, you'd be going in the second or third round. Yeah. But you're competition level. But then I played in all-star games against D1 guys, and I held my own. I think that's what that got me in the door. Smart of you, though, to, to figure out what you liked about the, the game and, and the sport and, and pare it down. And yeah. I think you found the perfect world for you. <laughs> yeah. You did, you know? Yeah, when I was done playing football... Um, it was a kind of a, a bittersweet ending in Arizona. Russ Grimm was my O line coach, who's you know a Hall of Famer yeah. hog, um, and he had the same attitude. Like I'd get in fights at practice right. uh, all the time, and he loved it. And um, you know when I when I left there, it was okay. Well, what do I want to do? Do I want to go back into competitive fighting? You know, go to boxing or try UFC, um, or do I want to go to WWE? Because I've always been a fan, and and it was the right road was WWE, and it worked out really well. Did you, clearly, yeah. Did you flirt with UFC? Did you learn some uh, mixed martial so, arts? So, yeah, I, I actually did um, jiu-jitsu in Delaware right down the road from oh. here because uh, I used to live up in Westchester for a little while. When well, I where was, in Delaware were you uh, Um It was just a, a Brazilian jiu-jitsu place. I don't remember the name of it. There was like 12 guys, but a legit Brazilian Jeez. instructor that was okay. awesome. Could you imagine facing him in Brazilian jiu-jitsu? Uh, I, I fought, um, I won the, the Naga championships up in Newark when wow. I was living out here in jiu-jitsu. So, yeah, um, yeah I, I did flirt with going to the UFC. I know that um, I got talked to way back when for uh, Ultimate Fighter 1 um, briefly because they were looking for super heavyweights and, and heavyweights. It would have been a good opportunity because that's when I was boxing. Yeah. I got to believe WWE is more fun than UFC. I have an absolute <laughs> blast. Yeah, I, get to, I get to irritate people to no end every day. <laughs> what are the advantages of being as tall as you are uh, or... or not being that tall if you're going to be in the WWE because you have reach, um, but you you know 
Is there a, is there a disadvantage? I, I don't think so. Um, I mean, you hit your head on airplanes sometimes. Right. That's, that, that's about the extent. That's of, outside of the it. ring. Mostly. Yeah, yeah. But um, no, in the ring, I think if you can move, it, it all plays to your advantage. And I, I feel like I'm one of the most agile and, and athletic big men, you know, in a long time. You know, you got Undertaker guys like that. But you know, if you can move at that size, I think there is no disadvantage. Well, you can have you can have all this athletic prowess, but uh, you don't get in WWE unless you got the right personality. As yeah, well. yeah, you have to be able to go. You got to be able yeah. to. I, you know, it's the old saying, the it factor. If you walk into a room where people are looking at you and going, hey, that guy's somebody, like, I don't know who he is. Like, if you look at Roman Reigns and you see Roman Reigns somewhere, you stop and look and you go, that dude is somebody important. Whether you've seen him in WWE ever or, or not, it's just there's something about him that draws you in and wonder, like... Cena was telling me a story one time. Uh, I think it was Jack Nicholas. He saw him. He's like, dude, I would watch that guy put socks on. He yeah. has like <laughs> yeah. that that personality. He's got, it. He's got and, it. and I think WWE superstars have to have that as well. So a lot of these guys start in these smaller clubs and work their way up uh, through the system. How did it? How did it go for you? Um, d- way different. Yeah. Um, and I think when I was coming up through developmental system and NXT, that was one thing the fans hated me for. Is I never went through the independence. I never paid my dues. Essentially, I never wrestled for a hot dog and popcorn. And that hung over you? Oh, they hated really? me. Really? And so of course I rubbed my, you know, rubbed all their faces in, it. and I was right. like, well, I didn't have to do that to get here. I just made a phone call. Um, like, it didn't take me 10 years of doing this and, and, and whatnot, and so I kind of made fun of it, which helped, you know, my personality for, for what I was doing, but um, for me, it really was kind of a phone call. I had an agent um, at the time, and he knew somebody that was in WWE with the music, actually, and he was like, let me put a call in for you, and he called and said, hey, I got a guy that's, you know, 6'8", 320 pounds, ex-NFL player. He's interested in WWE, and they called me the next day and brought me out the next week for a, a yeah, trial. Right, they did. Yeah, see, it's, it's funny because we talk about this all the time in the genesis of the old, like, Sergeant Slaughter days and, and wrestlers that were just big and, yeah. you know, just puffy and, and, you know, whatever they were. Then you, you had the gargantuan, you had the Andre the Giant, and, and then it started to pare down to more um, sort of athletic Moderate size, yeah, and and now you are sort of a synthesis of all that. You're in shape, you're athletic, but you're big, and that carries that. So it makes you sort of an anomaly. You're almost a hybrid between the the past and and the present. Yeah, and that's what I try to you know carry myself as. But it, it's also nice to, when you have someone who's big and kind of can move in an opposing like. When I go do a signing, nobody's going, oh, I thought you'd be bigger, like, which, which they say to some people. Like, so you want to have those line. guys. Yeah. 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 I just watched that movie on Fourth of July. That's like America to me, Roadhouse. Um, no, like when, when, I first, when we first met David Bryan, I'm like, you're a wrestler, dude? Yeah. yeah. No. So like yeah. Some, some guys like that. So I think, yeah. you know, when you have guys like me and Drew McIntyre and Samoa Joe, those are guys like Braun Strowman, obviously, like, they're like, dude, these, like, I wouldn't want to fight this dude in the back alley. Right. Like, whether they could actually fight or not, it's just the, the visual intimidation. Yeah. I don't know. I think you would probably want to fight them. Dude, just judging by your your, <laughs> your skill set and your I, history, I would, you I, like yeah. contact, man. I do. I do. I was even, uh, we were in Singapore, actually, uh, last week or a week and a half ago, and they had boxing gloves. So me and Bobby Lashley got the boxing gloves out, and we were doing a bunch <laughs> of stuff. And so I got on Twitter and sent uh, Tyson Fury. I was like, hey, what's up, man? Like, and sent him a video of us boxing, because I was like, I'm going to pick a fight with Fury. Why not? Like, he's a, he's one of the, you know, top boxers in the world right now. And I was right. like, I'm just going to poke the bear and see what happens. <laughs> it's funny, because we were talking about the state of boxing and that the heavyweight category is almost, it's not even a, 
It used to be the thing, and it now is. it's just um, not. God, I want it to get back to that so bad. Yeah. And, um, you know, I thought Anthony Joshua was going to take us take us there. And, um, I mean, he's an unbelievable specimen of a fighter. And, right. Uh, and it just went all bad for him last fight. Why do you th- Why do you think it, it did just sort of pair off that it became a, a non-factor in boxing? I, I think that the promoting and stuff got kind of so corrupt for a little while. Oh, it just yeah. kind of tainted boxing and uh, left a bad taste in everybody's mouth. Right. And, and, you know, hopefully it can get back. And I think there's some some heavyweights out there that might have a chance of getting it back to that. But I, I think you're right. I remember we were talking about the, you know, the, there's a, a great uh, Ali documentary out. Uh, there's many of them, but... You remember like those, I remember going to see paper, going to a movie theater to see a, what they call a closed circuit fight. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, that's the, how what the technology was like. And you yeah. go in and like, it, it would be a lot of just tapping. And then, you know, the decision would come. It's like, what the hell? Yeah. And you wanted they more. To, they try to get it going with the, the Conor McGregor yeah, uh, yeah, Mayweather yeah. thing. And they're, they're trying to do some, you know, some gimmicky things I here think there. you just, you need some guys with killer instinct. I mean, when you watch Tyson and Holyfield and... Uh, That's Ali a whole different animal. And they're just they're trying to take people's heads off. Like, <laughs> right. I think that's not to knock Anthony Joshua, but I think he's missing that. Just I want to go out there and hurt somebody. Like that's what people want to see. They want like it's gladiator days in the ring, and and that's what draws people into watch. And I think you're um, right. We just need somebody who's going. I don't care who you are. I'm going to take your head off. Yeah. Uh, talking about drawing uh, people into watch. Let's talk about the ladies in the WWE. That's really turned into something big. It has. They've created something special. Yeah. It, it started out of nowhere in NXT. I think the group of them got together and said, we need to, you know, get our names on the map. We need to make what we do special. And they, they set out and they did it. Well, yeah. when they, 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 uh, it more from, um, arm candy to, to, <laughs> to them with their own stories, with their own. Yeah. And, um, but they can go, and they, like, they, they, they can go, go. that yeah. bell rings. They can go. The uh, the Ronda Rousey element was pretty wild to see that, and and we got a lot of good. I mean, we've had a lot of the wrestlers come through, and and the feedback was good on her that she yeah she's, she's really, great yeah I, I love her and her husband like, and I, I think we get along because we have the same attitude. Um, you know, we don't care about offending people. We're gonna do what we do, and I think she legitimized. Uh, you know what we do a little bit when you get someone at, of her caliber in there, and and she's going with Charlotte and Becky. It legitimizes those women as well. Yeah, it's so, cool. Yeah, so you're in on this this uh, mixed tag team. Event. Yes. So yeah. rules fighting in that. So it's it's myself and Lacey Evans, uh, who's you know ex military. She's a Southern belt. She's she's incredible at what she does. She's she's brand new. Um, and uh, I think she's coming along quick, and we're facing Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch, and, uh, you know, we're hoping to expose them. And I think <laughs> Seth has become weak after beating uh, Brock Lesnar and falling in love and <laughs> with Becky. So, we're, you know, we're going to expose that and walk out champions. I love the story. Uh, story it's, it's great. great. And, you, and and we say this all the time. And, and for people, uh, and I yeah. used to be this person until I, I went down. I think it was a uh, it was a Raw match years ago. And I was down close to the ring, and and uh, like mother of God, it never stops. It just keeps going. Yeah. I think it was a night that uh, Steve Austin had had come back, or, he, or whatever the story was. But it was it was just amazing. And for your dollar, for mm-hmm. your dollar, you you get a nonstop kinetic show. Mm-hmm. And I don't care if you're you know a corporate lawyer or whatever. You're gonna be. You're gonna have a good time. One hundred percent. I always bring friends from all different backgrounds, whether it's rock and roll music or athletes who've never been to a show, and they leave going, "I had no idea it was like that." Like, yeah. It, the the 
energy is infectious, and it's so funny when you get someone like Lejean from Seven Dust. Like he's like, I turned into like a ten year old kid. I was yelling at a ten year old kid. Yeah, I didn't know what was going. Like <laughs> even if they've never seen it before, like they yeah. instantly go, okay, I like that guy. I don't like that guy. I like her. I like yeah. they just get engulfed. It's in high it. concept, you know. Like this from in the in, in Star Wars, the first Star Wars when Darth Vader comes out, that's the bad guy. You know yeah. immediately. There's there's no nuance. You know who's who. Yes. from the very first. You don't have to know the stories. You'll know them instantly. Well, especially with me, it's the moment my music hits, everybody boos. So, <laughs> so like, hmm, I guess we're not supposed to like this guy. Uh, and, and I've said before, the production value is just... I, I don't know how uh, how those guys do it. How they yeah. just keep the they it's, keep the show going. There's unbelievable. not a pause. I mean, you guys all. see it in a studio like this, where yeah. you know, he's got videos going, and and there's all kinds of different things. Like magnify it by ten thousand, you know, a hundred thousand. Mm-hmm. That's what we've got going on because you have light boards and cameras and lights above, and yep. I mean, it's an arena. Yeah, you have guys running and yeah. all that stuff going on. I yep. was watching a video it surfaced on. Um, Twitter last week of Mean Gene Okerlund interviewing backstage, I kid you not, Andy Warhol. And I was like, this that makes... Really? This makes, he was yeah. a huge fan. Makes yeah. zero sense, but yeah, yes, yeah. he was a huge, huge fan. He, he, he understood yeah. the, the, the purpose. Yeah. yeah. So is there anybody along those lines that surprised you? It was like, oh, this dude's a huge fan of wrestling there's a there's a lot that have kind of popped out and you're going whoa like like i was at a an award show and anthrax they were like dude we're huge fans and i was like I, i'm a huge fan man like like what are you talking about and it, it's just it's crazy did you some geek of the, out on him i well i try to keep it cool but yeah i geeked out a little bit and then then um, it's so funny the only person i've ever wanted to meet in my life like that's in important people world, uh, I yeah, guess yeah, you'd yeah, say, yeah. is Matthew McConaughey. Oh. And he was at the show in Houston a couple And I was like, uh, or Austin, I was like, dude, <laughs> that's Matthew McConaughey over there. Like, I got like, I just interrupted everybody. I was like, hey, man, what's going on? Like, you know, I'm Baron. He was like, I know who you are. And I was like, wait, you know who I am? I'm like, dude, I, and I like, didn't even say a fan. I'm like, I was just like, dude, you're cool as hell. I'd love to drink whiskey with you. He's like, have you had my whiskey? And I was like, you have whiskey. <laughs> like, are, are we best friends now? Are we going to do, do some karate in the garage? Like, like, it's unbelievable. Like, yes. that was my coolest moment. That's so cool. Dude, yeah. by the way, your, your stock just went up a yeah. notch for referencing uh, Step Brothers. Here, 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 listen, we got this for yeah. you. Velociraptor. Yeah. <laughs> John Samos. Yeah. What? Did we just become best friends? Yep. Yeah. Yep. So we're trying to get Adam McKay, who's a friend of the show here, yeah. uh, for a, a night of Step Brothers, watch the movie, and then have him talk about the movie. Cause That'd it, be great. Because it is now on the Mount Rushmore of, yes. of must-watch whenever it's on at any point. Yeah. Now, why, why are you sweating? I'm watching Cops. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't touch my drum set, did you? <laughs> hey, so you're you're a whiskey guy, right? I love whiskey. What are, you, what are you into right now? Um, Dude, I do a lot of, like, the Wild Turkeys, the Blantons, Four Roses. Yep. Uh, I mean, the small batch bourbons are so hard to find sometimes now, mm-hmm. but I just was in Japan. I brought back some Habinki 17. Um, I was in Taiwan and brought back some Kavalon. Like, if you haven't had any Kavalon, it's Never have. incredible. Okay. I haven't um, had any of the Japanese whiskeys. I hear they're amazing. They are. Well, there's, yeah. like, I think 
a lot of the really good ones they've kind of stopped making, but um, they do some fantastic stuff. But Taiwan's coming on huge right now. Um, so I'm always just every every city I go, I'm searching different stores. Yeah, Eagles Rare, like it's a oh. Eagles Rare is fantastic. It's like thirty five bucks a bottle, but you just can't find it. All right, so how long are you in the city for? Uh, I leave today at four o'clock. Oh, they're okay. Because Marissa, what's an oh? There's a no name restaurant right around the corner from uh, Marissa's place. Um, Jesus, I'll I be. Was... Bringing, I'm I'm back here Sunday for the Extreme Rules. So. Right. Yeah. Have, okay. What's the name of that? Tippling Place. Tippling Place has okay. like just all you're looking for. Everything. I mean, okay. they'll have you know, it's like a five hundred dollars a glass. Whiskey stuff like that, yeah. Hopefully, like WWE superstars, not for a discount. <laughs> Five hundred. I mean, I've seen it before. Like we were in, you know, restaurants, and you see the shelf, and it's like, yeah. And like the bad thing is for me, so like a bottle of Blanton's is one of my favorite uh, bourbons. About Eighty bucks, something like that. Well, it's like yeah. it's yeah. You can find it for fifty if you're good, but if you're in a restaurant, like a Blanton's neat is like twenty five dollars, and I'm like. Dude, your markup's like 8,000%. So <laughs> yeah, it's hard for me to drink in a restaurant. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Marissa, was. we were at a, at uh, the Sixers game one time. She's like, yeah, I'll get you, I'll get you uh, uh, something to drink. I'm like, okay, cool. I'm like, well, I haven't had Whistle Pig before. Let me get one of those. And it was like a thirty-five dollar yeah. glass of whiskey. I'm like, okay, it was outstanding. Yeah, but it's just ridiculous. And, but the worst is like, like so. Whistle Pig is great. There's they make a Boss Hog edition. Boss Hog, and it's like it's, gotta fu- be it's good. like five hundred bucks a bottle. Oh, dear Lord. But I, luckily, I had a friend that owns a whiskey bar up in Milwaukee, and he was like, let's just crack it open and try it before I sell it because he's like, I'll make my money back on it. Yeah, and I was so disappointed. Oh, like, no kidding. If I'd have paid for this, I'd yeah. be like on the bar crying like this hurt but <laughs> yeah sometimes that so it's a scary risk sometimes that elite stuff doesn't quite yeah. touch your palate yeah. you know what i mean so. so what's what's the big time piece what's the big watch i know you, you collect those as well um right now actually this is one of my favorite of all time that i'm wearing right now it's a panerai uh but it's the bronzo and it's got a cool story so the, the watch came out originally when it came out it was like 9300 bucks um which is a lot of money right but, um no one was buying it, and then out of nowhere it they they stopped making it because it wasn't selling, and now you can't find it for less than twenty six. Really? Yeah. So like, wow. that's my mission is always to try to find those watches that I think are going to go because um, I buy them and then I sell them, and um, you know I'm getting ready to sell another Panerai I have because I want a different, I want a Rolex. But so you you're, like, you're more classic classic pieces. You're not like you won't. Yeah, I don't. I don't mess with like the Hublots and stuff that are like kind of flashy. Right. Um, I like Rolex Panerais. I like IWCs. Like I like the. I didn't know anybody bought and sold watches. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, oh, I do. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. oh. I buy like cool collection pieces. Okay. Like I bought one. It's a Panerai, the nine one one. It was the last one made by Panerista. Um, you know, paid like sixty six hundred bucks, and now they're going for like twelve thousand. So Jesus. I flipped it, and like that's how I kind of get to the more expensive ones. Is you know buying, selling, trading. Who buys um, them from you? I've got a guy that, Whoever that, he that runs a website. Yeah, and he sells them. Uh, Buy this watch yeah. now. <laughs> Buy this. But there's, there, there's a there's a great company out there that I've kind of done some work with, Crown and Caliber. Um, they're on Instagram and stuff like that. But they they're like probably the biggest secondhand watch market, and they have um, certified dealers that go through the watches to make sure they authenticate them. And I'm fascinated. So with, I'm fascinated with that because I've read about it. I've seen, uh, you know, there's a, I forget the documentary about it, but it's about that world of... It's unreal. Of, of the, the, the... Obviously, you know, the, the classics, you know, Swiss watchmaker and yeah. all that stuff in the timepieces. And while I don't collect the 
culture that surrounds it is wow. fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. Very I mean, cool. to me, it's it's art. Like, it's like buying a painting. I'm buying the different movements. And if it's got a skeleton face or, like, the year. Like, right now, I'm looking for an 84 Submariner Rolex because that's my birth year. Like, like, I try to find things that are unique and then also keep their value. Because a lot of people spend money on purses or, you know, whatever yeah. it is, and then it just doesn't keep value. I mean, every single my, one of my watches has gone up in value. Damn. You wear the watches? All the time. Okay. Like, so, that's so like, if you I'm buy... not going to buy a Ferrari and keep it in the garage. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to drive yeah. it. Like, that's yeah. why all my Batman toys are out. <laughs> yeah. I wonder, because I, I wear a watch every single day, and, I mean, my watch was, you know, a few hundred bucks, but um, I'm like, mm, should I... Uh, should I get I, uh, a more expensive one? But like, I wear sweatpants every day, so like, <laughs> I, I'll wear a Rolex with sweatpants. It doesn't bother me. I just, that's what I like. It's, I've liked it since I think it was my grandfather that got me into it. He had a Rolex when I was a kid that he and got you, in Japan when he was in the military. Wow! I think you know he bought me a fake one when I was like ten, and I was like, a Rolex. I'm a ten year old wearing a, yeah a Rolex. Like, it's so funny, and I think it just kind of put that in my world. And then he bought me wow. my first one, which was an Omega James Bond watch. It's ah. a limited edition Quantum Solace Seamaster. It's unbelievable. That is cool. That's, That's cool nice stuff, man. Yeah. Well, listen, Baron, it's been nice to get to know you, man. I know. I've been having fun hanging out. And WWE Extreme Rules. As we said, bang for your buck. Entertainment. You can't beat it. Yep. It's just so much fun whether you're into wrestling and or not. And you get to see The Undertaker this Sunday. Yeah. It's very cool. It's just Legendary. so cool. Yeah. And yeah. it's Something you don't know how many more times you're going to get to see. So it's yeah. not, it's something you don't want to miss. Hey, you're not a bad guy to me, man. You know, uh, well, there's not money on the table. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Make sure you go see Baron Corbin. Thank you, man. Yeah. Nice you, Baron. Thank you. Thanks for having me. We are going to take a break, and we'll come back in just a moment. Make sure you stay with us, my friend. The Preston and Steve Show Podcast. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks.